106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Hi there. My name is Gretchen Whitmer, and I am the governor of the great state of Michigan. During these uncertain times, I have had to take unprecedented action. It is true that I have had to ban the sale of seeds to prevent people from growing their own food. The governor's new order goes until the end of the month, putting more stringent guidelines in place, too. It is the time to intensify. But you will be unable to buy things like gardening supplies, paint, carpeting. Why? Because. I have also banned landscaping, boating, the sale of birdseed, clothing, toys, beauty supplies, and electronics. Why? Because. Because. Here's a list of some additional things that I'm also considering banning at this time. Humming, listening to music in the privacy of your own home, swimming, taking baths, dancing, Drinking hot chocolate or making hot chocolate. Washing your car. Skipping. Making lemonade. Drinking lemonade. Sitting in the sun. Laying in the sun. Walking in the sun. Walking to your mailbox to get your mail. Making phone calls after 10 p.m. Eating ice cream. Saying the word freedom. Talking about freedom. Laughing out loud. Sitting sedentary for over 30 minutes. Standing or moving about for over 30 minutes. Stovetop cooking. Ironing. Bike riding. Skateboarding. Roller skating. Ordering takeout. Vitamins. Mowing your lawn. Mowing someone else's lawn. Waving at your neighbors. Looking at the stars at night. Watching over two hours of television a day. Walking. Independently reading reading in groups, and smiling. I just might have to take action on these. Why? Because. Because. They're not clippers, they're clizzers, man. Hey, who are you? I'm you, man. Come on, it's me, Joey B. How'd you get in here? This is a security beach. Look, look. I got a surprise for you. Your name isn't Jaraco Biden. It's Barack Jiden. Who sent you? Vice Pina Colada Hairless? No, man, look. You gotta get your ass to Neptune. They're, not, not, not Neptune, but Mars. Mar not Marshalls. She said, let's go behind the bleachers. No one's looking. Five and a quarter for a sniffing tug. It was a dude, man. What? What? Huh? Huh? You're being nervous. Look. Look, all I know is, if you don't vote for me, you ain't a China guy. Wait, hold on a second. Hey, where'd you go? Your pills, man. It's Lauren Boebert once again, proudly triggering every liberal in the United States. Yep, they're at it again, trending on Twitter by calling me dumb. Liberals are pretty good at the politics of personal destruction, but hey, that's all they have. They certainly don't have good policies for our country. So what's dumb? Dumb is destroying our borders and allowing the entire world to pour into our country unchecked 
during a health pandemic. Dumb is allowing biological men to compete in women's sports. Two women's skulls have been broken in an MMA ring by a man now. Dumb is trying to convince America that a man who can't even walk up a flight of stairs or remember his name is a competent president. He has even called his vice president the president. Dumb is thinking that these progressive policies are better than the Constitution. My end of the quarter fundraising is coming up on March 31st. I am a top target of the Democrats because I call them out on their bull crap. So let's show them how dumb they are for attacking me instead of standing up for our country. Good evening. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. This is uh, our 105th episode, and it will uh, be put up on the internet on April 3rd. I'm recording it uh, the evening of <clears throat> April 1, and it's earlier than normal, which makes me happy. I have more energy earlier in the evening, and things have just kind of come together good today. So uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for checking in uh, for all the regulars and the irregulars. And uh, if you're here for the first time, a welcome, and uh, I'll give you some ways to learn more about us and check in with us uh, right now. Uh, if you came from just your podcast source, <clears throat> where you saw No Hostages Radio and checked it out or somebody mentioned it to you, uh, great. Uh, there also was a website, nohostagesradio.com, where there is, are all 105 episodes plus, uh, oh, I don't know, two, 300 articles there that you could read if you're interested. But Or if someone refers you to an article I wrote, you can find it over there at nohostagesradio.com. So using that, that website, uh, adding lou at, L-O-U at, nohostagesradio.com, you can email me. Uh, folks, a um, handful of people email me, keep me up to date on uh, things they think uh, I need to pay attention to or maybe thought I missed or ideas they have. So I really appreciate that. Uh, I, I get uh, items through various social media platforms that people reach out to me and, and uh, think they can be a help to me, and I'll, I appreciate all the help. So uh, <clears throat> you can also reach me at my phone. You can text me or you can call me at 530-713-1838, 530 If you're new to me, I'm on the left coast uh, here in Northern California in the Central Valley, Sacramento Valley, they call it. Uh, we're in the uh, northern part of the state. Usually northern part of the state folks say north, mean, meaning kind of north of Sacramento, San Francisco. And they don't really consider, although some other people consider San Francisco in the north state. But a lot of the north staters think in terms of not just geography, but pol policy and political views, and uh, they're more conservative up in the north. 
it's really two states in one. I mention this every once in a while. Uh, our hope is up here to have a separate state, not because we don't like the folks down the southern part of the state. We're just different. And there's different needs here, and there's different needs in southern part of the state. But the way the uh, legislature is designed in California, uh, the people with the most popular or the part of the state with the most population gets the most of the represent gets most of the representatives, and uh, which means that L.A. County alone of the 58 counties can outvote the entire 20-some counties of Northern California on any particular issue that they want to take an opposing view. That works great for them. It does not work great for us. If there was two states, then both could have their cake and eat it too. Got it? So um, the way the uh, federal system works is that the House of Representatives uh, is populated with representatives based on the number of citizens in their area, and the Senate is is uh, populated by two representatives per state. So it gives benefits to sparsely populated areas. It balances out the clout of the House of Representatives. But in California, both the Senate and the Assembly are all by population, which means that the big population areas dictate what everybody's going to do, which is unfair. And it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it's actually unconstitutional, but there's a fight to be had there. And I don't know whether they're going to solve it in my lifetime. I, I wish it would happen. I think people would be thrilled in the North state to have, uh, a separate state. And again, not because we don't like the, the South. I think people would still go, go to the Southern part of the state to enjoy vacations and all those kind of things. And, and I think the, the South would actually like to get rid of us. I think it would be a win-win-win. So, uh, well, that's that. That's where I'm, I am up here. So we got started years ago in, in doing live radio. Uh, and then we uh, moved over to podcast. Whether or not we go back to live radio, it's kind of out of my hands because I don't own a radio station. But uh, we may go back someday to do that, or maybe not. It just... Uh, you know, I'm a God follower, so God has, has it in his hands. When I kind of work at stuff or pursue things and they don't come together, sometimes I just say, well, maybe they're not supposed to. So so we'll just work at this podcast. So you can reach this podcast also on, on a new Facebook page called Live with Lou. Live with Lou. And uh, we just set that up a couple months ago to uh, contain articles I've been writing. I was... Uh, putting them in the Territorial Dispatch, which is a weekly paper up here in Northern California. But they didn't want to run them all anymore, the, the new owner. So uh, uh, I don't have time to write articles that aren't going to run somewhere. So my friend uh, decided to put up a Facebook page, and that's where I post these articles now. So this week, uh, this past week, we just posted two articles that you can go and check out there on the Facebook page. Uh, and you can, you can go to get the podcast there as well. So just another way to connect. And if Facebook decides they're not happy with me, which is totally fine with me, it's, it's, it's their, it's their Facebook. I don't own anything. Uh, if they decide they don't want me there, I, I will move on. It's just not a problem. Um, I'm happy to do that. So, but we, the, those that have come over there, if you 
have if this is the first time you've heard about it I guess I'm not familiar with all this stuff about Facebook and how to do it, but if you like it or follow it and click on it, like it, follow it, do all the stuff, then supposedly when we post something, it kind of gives you a heads up or comes over and shows up in your Facebook page yourself. So if you want something like that, great. If you don't, then don't do it, obviously, and you can pick and choose. But if you ever want to drop in over there and uh, pick and choose what you read on the Live with Lou have a happy. So I'm trying to move people that I know over there. So we're connected. So if Facebook ever decides they don't want people like me doing my thing like that, then we'll just move on to something else. No hard feelings. <clears throat> it's a big world out there. Everybody doesn't have to agree. Uh, I want to give you a couple quotes that I think are very, well, first of all, let me do this before we get to the quotes by Ann Rand. Um, that are really timely uh, for this uh, season, not not only season, but era that we're in. I wanted to um, uh, read this that, you know, it's, uh, I guess they call it Resurrection Week or Easter Week or whatever. <coughs> I never did really celebrate that. I didn't, I didn't grow up in a religious home. Nobody went to church. Nobody knew anything about God. So they didn't talk about God. And uh, so even after I had a, 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 a spiritual awakening in 19, late 1971, I, uh, I never really thought much, much about the holiday or the, the special festivities around what, what common days called Easter, or we call in the Christian world Resurrection Week or whatever. Because I just saw every day the same. I mean, the resurrection of Jesus changed my life every day. So I really don't think much of the holiday or whatever we call it now. So I know uh, <clears throat> uh, the um, school system now has removed all that, call it spring break. The only thing they're holding on to religious-wise is Halloween, which is, of course, Satan's holiday. <clears throat> I'm trying to pull this up here. And if I can get back to where I was, I pressed the wrong button. So anyway, as I mentioned, some people that I'm connected with either send stuff for the, the broadcast or they just send stuff, you know, people send stuff out. They love it so much that they, they know you're going to love it. I'm not too thrilled about all that, but this lady sent this today and I thought it was so cool. I'd never thought of it this way. So there's these two donkeys that you're you're standing in front of looking them right in the face and they're sa standing side by side their sides are actually they're close like shoulder to shoulder looking at you and it says two donkeys were walking in jerusalem when one donkey said to the other quote just yesterday i was carrying jesus and the people were singing and shouting and throwing down their clothes and things for me to walk on and today, they don't even recognize me. The other donkey replied, That's how it is, my friend. Without Jesus, you're nothing. Never thought about the donkey that packed Jesus around and what it was like for him with all what he thought about all the hullabaloo rolling into Jerusalem before the Passover. But uh, that was probably the highlight of his life. So just all you animal lovers, that should give you a little something to think about. 
Well, back to Ann Rand. Ann Rand, uh, like many, immigrated to the United States. She uh, was a Russian and came to, she had a long name, but she shortened it to Ann, A-Y-N, Rand, R-A-N-D. <clears throat> and <clears throat> this, I haven't read a, a lot about her life, but I, she kind of was involved with just uh, rationalism, objectivism, and really rejected spirituality religion and uh she she really had uh the ability to think deeply about society how it's structured and and how um people benefit by the functioning of a mechanism we call society now sociologists study a lot about and think a lot about and write a lot about how why people do the way they they do the beliefs, the norms, the values that people have that drive their behavior. So <clears throat> Anne Rands wrote, we are fast approaching the stage of ultimate inversion. What she means by that is she says the stage where the government is free to do anything it pleases. Now, if, when I say that, I want you to remember that the founding fathers did not believe or desire or want the government to do anything it pleases. They wanted just the opposite. They wanted strong controls on government, and in fact, they put weapons in the hands of the citizens to be able to stop government when it needed to be stopped. So she says the stage, she talked about the inversion, ultimate inversion, or, or changing from uh, flipping things on their head. The stage where the government is free to do anything it pleases, while the citizens may act only by permission. I want you to think how your life is run today. You want to put in a window in your house, you got to get permission, right? You you want to uh if you want to farm, you got to you want to burn some brush, you got to call and get permission. You want to spray some chemicals, you got to call and get permission. Right? Uh, you want to go to school, you have to hand in all kinds of health cards and get permission. It's just permission, 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 permission. So so she says, while the citizen may act only by permission, this is the stage of the darkest periods of human history, the stage of rule by brute force. Now, this is a person that thinks uh, more clearly about these things than the average human. Again, I want you to say the problem is, is I hate to use this cliche, but but it's it's something I think everybody's probably heard and they quickly connect with it. So the frog in the water, put the frog in the water on the stove, it's cool water. It slowly warms up. The frog stays in it. It gets slow. It warms up slowly enough that the frog does not leap out of it and it eventually cooks in that in that water. That is how the government has got us to completely yield over we running the government versus they telling us what to do. And you got to go to the government to ask permission to do anything. So we are fast approaching a stage of ultimate inversion, the stage where the government is free to do anything it pleases. That's exactly what they're doing right now at every single level. Like when Robert Bendorf, the former uh, county administrator of, of, of Yuba County wanted to put up a homeless operation in the city of Marysville, he had, he didn't ask, no one asked the citizens. The city didn't ask the citizens. The county didn't ask the citizens what their view was. They put it right on the edge of a residential area of, of uh, Marysville. 
They, they didn't have any sewage hookups. They had no water hookups. They had no proper electrical hookups. They had no drainage hookups. They violated every rule, and they put a six-foot-high fence around it. I call it Bendor Zoo. But the government violates continually, on a daily basis, the very rules they, uh, they say that we have to operate under. If I went out and did that anywhere in either county that, that I live in, Yuba and Sutter Counties, I live in Yuba County, just near Bendorf Zoo. If I did something like that, they would have all the agencies fining, filing an injunction, fining, sending nasty grams, having all the alphabet soup of state agencies coming out and harassing me. That's exactly what Ann Rand is describing, where the government does what anything it wants to do, and the citizens may act only by permission. I'll give you an example of that. The First Amendment says we can assemble to redress our grievances. It does not say, and it does not imply that we have to get a permit to assemble and to protest. Nowhere does it say that. Now, there may be city codes that have been written up, but that does not mean they're lawful. That means they're just codes. They're, they're rules. But that does not mean they're lawful. So when we went down to protest the closing down of our society during the midst of the COVID, and thousands of us went to the state capitol. Now, if you've ever gone to the state capitol of California and Sacramento, it's the, the beautiful building. The capitol's right there along 10th Street, right in the center of downtown. But it's surrounded by landscaping, and it's totally open. There's no fencing. You could walk right up to the Capitol building, but there's fancy landscaping and rose gardens and uh, beautiful places to sit and have lunch and it, for blocks. So when we went down there to protest, they said, you can't protest down here. They went and asked them. They said, oh, no, you can't protest because they knew it was going to be against Governor Newsom. So we went down there anyway because that's against the law to have to ask government for permission to protest. So we went down there and they began arresting people. They arrested maybe 30 some. And the, the, what they, the charges were is being on Capitol property without a permit. But in during any time during the week, seven days a week, you can walk out there from your office building where you, where you work, bring your lunch or take your child and take him for outing, whatever, take your stroller, do whatever. Nobody stops you. It was totally a political takedown. It's what the founding fathers would call tyranny. It's an overreach of government. The second thing that they charged people with that day when they, they uh, arrested over 30-some people is that they weren't staying socially distanced. Now, there were thousands of people there that day, and nobody cared about social distance, and nobody was, was wearing a mask either. So what I'm talking about is is a violation. Uh, hold on, I just had to fix my phone. A violation of our First Amendment rights. Now, if you don't know what your right is, and you don't know that you don't have to ask permission. Now, if you want to, if you want to block a street. Now, if you notice all the BLM, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, all those people that blocked streets, burned buildings, they did not get any permits, they didn't have any permission, and they blocked entire segments of Seattle and Portland off, right? So in, in courtesy, law-abiding citizens go to, the, go to the, um, the city or the county and say, hey, I'd like, to, I'd like to have this kind of event. Can I block these streets off and dry these cars down there or do this march down there or do something? Because they have to make preparation for that. But if we're just going into a park or you're going onto some city property, 
and doing a demonstration, you do not have to ask permission. Now, uh, the same thing happens with uh, I've been talking about the whole idea of having to go to the government to have permission or get a license or to get a uh, okay to buy ammo or to get an okay to buy a gun or to get an okay to uh, to carry a gun concealed, whether it's concealed in your car or concealed on your person there. That's contrary to the Second Amendment, which says the right to have arms shall not be infringed, which means invalidated or altered in any way. So those are unconstitutional laws that are on our books and have removed those rights. So you can see what she's saying here. This She says this is the darkest period of human history. Now, if you I am not a history expert, I I history the way they taught it when I was going to school, which it was good schools back then. It was just very boring to me. And I had a tough time just memorizing stuff. So uh, I am going to uh, I'm going to continue on this in just a second. We're just wrapping up our first of six 20 minute segments. And I'm going to just take a brief break here and take a swig of tea. And then you, you're going to listen to a few minutes, if this is your first time, a few minutes of clips that I've set aside for you uh, today. And I'll be right back. Atop a cold peak near California's capital, Governor Gavin Newsom was enjoying the peace and quiet he'd earned by taking away everything fun in the state. But then he heard something that made his blood run cold. Singing. According to sources, every Christian in Cali, the tall and the small, was singing without any permits at all. The governor hadn't stopped the Lord's Day from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. What's this? Singing? In my state? Newsom cried as he looked down at the small village of Whoville and heard the believers gathered there singing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. I don't understand it. I don't. I took away all of their joy and their hope. I said not to sing. I said it. I did. I wasn't joking or pranking. I never kid. Then Newsom realized something with fear. He realized he couldn't stop Christians from worshiping here. Maybe churches were more important than concerts or bars. Maybe they were more than some worship with electric guitars. But then his heart shrank three sizes. And he ordered the power to be cut in hopes that it would finally stop that infernal racket. The president of the Berkeley Teachers Union got caught dropping his kid off at her private preschool this week after he has spent months bending over backwards to keep public schools closed to tens of thousands of other children for safety. Because as we've all learned by now, over in the Golden State, the ultra-elite and politically connected get to play by an entirely different set of rules than us peasants who get to grovel for scraps while our overlords dictate what's best for us. Yeah, while white privilege might not be a real thing, liberal privilege sure is, and it means never having to suffer the consequences of the terrible policies they make everyone else live by. 
The unfortunate part is that for some reason, millions of people keep putting up with this. The president of the Berkeley Teachers Union is looking even dumber than usual this week, which is saying something because, you know, well, anyway. He just got caught dropping his kid off at a local private school after months of advocating for keeping the city's public schools shut down because it's not safe for teachers. Matt Meyer, president of the Berkeley Federation of Teachers, is one of the nut jobs currently keeping tens of thousands of children from an in-person education thanks to his laundry list of ridiculous demands, including making sure every single teacher is fully vaccinated before schools can reopen. Never mind that the CDC says there's no reason to keep kids out of the classroom because lo and behold, it turns out they don't actually spread the coronavirus. I know, this is shocking new information. Nevertheless, Meyer has led the charge to keep schools closed because teachers weren't vaccinated against a disease that they can't even get from the kids, and because he says the kids, who don't actually spread the disease, wouldn't wear masks to keep from spreading the disease that they can't actually spread, or something. Except wait, here's Meyer just this past week, dropping his own two-year-old off at her private school. When confronted about it, he said it doesn't matter where he sends his kid because that's a personal choice. Which it is, actually. It's just not one that every Californian leftist wants every parent to be able to make. And so many of you are not even surprised by this hypocrisy anymore. It ticks you off, makes you want to throw your phone across the room, but it doesn't shock you. Unfortunately, millions of Americans are still buying into this crap. You still believe the lie that these politicians, that these city officials, these union guys, that they care about you. That they're only doing this with your best interests in mind. They're protecting you and your kids and all these poor teachers who for some reason are more delicate than my grandma's China. Why? Why do you believe this garbage? If an in-person education was so deadly, do you really think this clown would be chunking his kid into a classroom every day, private school or not? If it was that horrible for teachers and if students were going to start keeling over left, right and sideways, why is it safe for his kid but not yours? Why does his daughter get to go to school because he can afford to send her to a private academy where she gets socialization and instruction and while he gets to go freely off to work, while tens of thousands of other students, including low-income kids, stay stuck at home while their grades drop, their mental health suffers, their sports opportunities get wiped off the map, and their parents struggle to take care of them and pay their bills? This is a district that only just recently agreed to reopen classrooms for kids second grade and younger at the end of March. And that's if things go well. Berkeley schools are not even set to fully reopen for all grades until mid-April. Meanwhile, little kids have spent more than a year sitting in front of a computer screen for hours a day, many of them supervised by grandma or older siblings because their parents have to work. Oh, but not the president of the teachers union. His kid gets to go to school because it's rules for thee but not for me over in Wokeville. So on top of making a fantastic argument in favor of empowering parents to choose where they send their kids to school instead of just shoving them into the train wreck that is our public school system run by these guys, here we have yet again a perfect example of how liberals do not care about you. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, Republican, Democrat, married, single, whatever. Most of the people suffering the most from prolonged shutdowns and school closures are low-income minority families, including single moms. If left-wing politicians and union leaders gave two craps about you guys, they wouldn't be keeping your kids out of school and denying them opportunities to learn and thrive while convincing you that it's not safe, only to send their own children to elite academies for where, for some reason, the Rona isn't a problem. They've got magic air or COVID-killing fairies or something. 
See, they're not hurting the ultra-rich. Those folks have already yanked their kids out and put them in the local emporium for knowledge and high achievement. That's assuming they weren't already there in the first place. They're hurting those who don't have a choice, whose families and children were already struggling before all of this and have now been kneecapped beyond repair. They're hurting the same working-class people that they have targeted for years with left-wing policies and liberal bullcrap that never delivers what it promises because they do not care about you. Liberalism is the governor who shuts down the local pizza joint for safety and bankrupts a family while dining on $350 caviar with his political buddies. It's the congresswoman who forces salons to shut down until she needs a cut in color and demands the door be opened for her. Liberalism is the millionaire who flies around on a private jet to lecture you about how you shouldn't drive your car to work. All they care about is their power. They will preserve it at any cost, including your children. And they will never suffer the consequences of their own dumpster fire because they live by a whole other set of rules. Enjoy your crumbs, peasants. So I want to go on. I have a couple more quotes from Ayn Rand, and um, I, I love this. She is such a clear thinker. She wrote two books. Uh, oh, let's see if I can remember them. Let me pull it up here. She wrote Atlas Shrugged and The Fountainhead. They were both best-selling novels, and... Uh, she died in 1982, and uh, listen to this. She says, if a businessman makes a mistake, he suffers the consequences. You ever, ever, everybody that's out of business, for goodness sakes, I have, and I have made some mistakes, right? If a businessman makes a mistake, he suffers the consequences. If a bureaucrat makes a mistake, you suffer the consequences. I got to say that over again. If a businessman makes a mistake, he suffers the consequences. You ever have somebody bring you your meal and they got it wrong? Most of the time, I just eat whatever they give me. I just say, no problem, I'll eat that. Just don't, don't cost any more money. But sometimes people say, oh, no, no, I wanted the other thing, right? And so what happens? The businessman takes that meal back that they cooked for you. They got something wrong. Maybe you're allergic to something. They put it in there. And they bring you back a fresh plate, right? Fresh dish or bowl, whatever. And he suffers the consequences of making that error, right? You got what you, you end up getting what you're paying for. If a businessman makes a mistake, he suffers the consequences. If a bureaucrat makes a mistake, you suffer the consequences. I want to give you a current, fresh example for that. Right now in Yuba Sutter counties, we have a doctor. She's not a regular doctor, like a doctor that sees patients. She's never seen a patient in her life. She went to medical school, but she's a health bureaucrat. Her, her name is Dr. Fong, F-P-H-U-O-N-G, Lu, L-U-U. And um, she has been running uh, these two counties' uh, dictates and mandates from Gavin Newsom for the last 15 months or 12 to 15 months. She was hired just, just prior to this COVID thing breaking out. And her, her um, decisions have caused people to kill themselves, relapse, 
overdose on drugs. Almost daily, we're having overdoses of drugs, weekly deaths from drugs here. That's her job, is to deal with uh, narcotics, uh, out-of-hand out, out narcotics. Her choices have traumatized people, have shut down the school systems, uh, have caused people depression, has ha- caused many thousands of people to relapse that were going to AANA meetings and recovery meetings. They for- were forbidden to do that. They couldn't go to church. Uh, they could have gone to Glad Tidings where I go, but most people just stopped going wherever they were going. Everybody's thinking it's going to get over in a couple of weeks. So this is a bureaucrat who makes a mistake. Now, if they would have done nothing, if they wouldn't have done one thing regarded COVID-19 or the Wuhan flu or the Chinese virus or whatever, and all they did was let you sort it out, just like when you get sick, you've been you've gotten sick all your life on and off. <clears throat> if you could make it a couple of years without getting the flu or a cold, God bless you. But most people get something each year or every other year or something like that, even if they take good care of themselves. But usually when people get sick, they start determining what their little routine is to get well. And they either go to the grocery store, the drug store, um, pharmacy, whatever, over-the-counter stuff. And then if they really get funky, they'll go to the doctor and they'll get something prescribed, right? So if, if, the, if America had not done one thing regarding COVID, except say there's, there's uh, this illness, and give people some advice— like take these kinds of vitamins and uh, take hydroxychloroquine or iver- ivermectin or three, there's three or four things uh, that they could have taken and, and educated docs on what to do, right? Cause docs are always following what the newest thing is to deal with the newest thing. Docs all over the United States we're seeing COVID patients and treating them, and none of them were going to the hospital because they were treating them preemptively, just like when you your baby gets sick and you don't wait till that baby gets too sick. You run them over to the doctor and have them checked over, don't you? That's a preemptive. You don't want them to go to the pediatric ICU in Sacramento or San Francisco or from wherever you are. But on COVID, the... I won't go into all the details on why they did this, but they they stopped doctors from preemptively treating mild symptoms of COVID, and they just let them get really bad. And if they got really bad, then they put them in the ICU. And the wrong information they had from the very beginning was that they could just put them on a ventilator and that would fix it. It didn't. It killed people. It was exactly the wrong thing to do. I'm giving you some examples of bureaucrats making an error that damage people's lives. Now you're much better off always to make your own health decisions always. Uh, and, and it's just like me. I make my own decisions about my body, <clears throat> my car, my house, my spiritual life, all kinds of things, traveling in which air airlines to travel on. I don't do it on my own intellect. I get all the information I can from professionals. Like I tell people, the best thing you can do to have success in life is surround yourself with really bright people. So I have doctors that I can call up and get an appointment and go see and pay. And I gladly pay them for their expert advice. And I find the best doctors because I want to know how to take care of my body the best. They spent their life studying the body. I didn't. 
but I study some myself. Same with my car. When I can't figure out my car, it sounds weird. It doesn't, it's not running like it should. I take it into specialists that fix it and get me back on the road, right? So in my eyes, my ears, my all my all my parts of my life, I use those experts. The government is not managing any part of my life, right? It's not I'm not wearing a mask because of the government. I'm not standing on X's on the floor. <clears throat> I'm not doing any of those things. I'm not self-quarantining. Everything the government told us in in COVID is absolutely 180 degrees opposite of what they should have said. They should have said, consult your local doctor, you know, take good care of yourself, get enough sleep, take a lot of vitamin D, take a lot of zinc, take a lot of this and that. There were a lot of prescriptive things they could have done to prepare our population for the influx of COVID from China. They didn't do a thing. They left us hung out to dry and then they gave the hospital $29,000 every time he ran somebody in the ICU, and most of them dropped dead. Most everybody that died, and, and by the way, 99.6 or 8% of everyone that got COVID survived. A handful of people died that probably would have died anywhere in 2020, anyway in 2021 because they were very sick people at the end of their life. Many were on hospice. Many had... Uh, severe problems like cardiopulmonary stuff, cancer, dementia, diabetes, pneumonia. They had all kinds of issues going on in their life that they were struggling with before some COVID got in their system. COVID did not kill these people. It didn't even kick them over the goalpost. They were just at the end of their life. You know, people, if you don't, all you have to, you don't we don't even have obituaries hardly anymore, but for the, all my life, I've read the paper, the local paper, and every single day, without an exception, there were obituaries. We had a five-day or seven-day-a-week paper, different times in my life, and every single day, there would be obituaries in the paper. Those, t those are just things telling a story with a picture of this person's life and that they came to pass. There were no days where we decided to skip people dying. They had them in there every single day day and we didn't have any covid and no government management of these things people just wear out just like my cars i've been through so many cars i've crashed cars and um they just wear out and you get a different one you wear out pants you get a different pair pretty soon you wear out your body and if you're it depends on what what you think is going to happen or what you're planning for happen but the bible says you can get another body right that's what i'm hoping for i just i keep repairing my car and this body and keep me both going so my my point to you is this government running any part of your life is a total disaster all you have to do is look at any agency whether it's a local agency city county federal state they can't they can't operate they're too big and there's no incentive to operate well because they don't get paid on the basis of operating well and making a profit or doing a really efficient job they operate on the basis of we pay you whether you sleep through the day or not the government cannot make these decisions that's why health decisions run by the government are disaster and people die do you think anybody is taking responsibility for people dying from COVID because the government told them not to do anything? The doctors were forbidden to see them? 
No. Do you, you know, I've been talking a lot to people, my friends, about the Nuremberg trials. Most of you that went to the public school system don't know what I'm talking about. The Nuremberg trials were trials after the Allies uh, put pressured the, uh, the opposition in Germany, Japan, Italy to, to surrender. But after then, they began to talk and look at the atrocities against humankind. They weren't just people fighting honorably in battle. They had murdered children. They had murdered women, pregnant women. They had tortured people. They had gassed millions. They had shot people in the back of the head by the millions and pushed them into massive trenches, pushed them into the Danube. So they held them accountable for crimes against humanity because they went overboard. They went nuts. And that's exactly what's gone on with COVID. They go, oh my God, all these people died. They died because the government forced them into dying. If you want to say the government is stupid, you can settle there. If you say the government is incompetent, you can settle there. If you say the government is evil, you can settle there. The, the government is not godly, is not Christian. The fa- forefathers said, we want a Christian government. It's only Christian if the people in it are Christian, and they aren't. There's all kinds of Satanists. There's all kinds of pedophiles. There's all kinds of uh, weird uh, bisexual, homosexual weirdos that are molesting people and doing weird things. There's heterosexual perverts. Uh, in our government that are molesting young kids, interns uh, that are and and people that are gopher young youngsters there out of high school and college serving. And these guys are molesting them, violate them. They do it right down here in Sacramento. They've been harassed. They, they've been uh, brought up on charges on that before. Our government is not a godly government. The founding fathers sought a, the least amount of government, the better. Right now we have government that has its nose in every part of our life. They're, they're tracking us on the phone. They're tracking us wherever we go. They want, they want right now to get a vaccine passport. That is the last stand. If they vaccine, if they give you a vaccine passport and you go along with that, they will control every aspect of your life because once that they begin tracking you with a vaccine passport, they will dictate every move you make and you will have to get permission, as Ann Rand said, it is the darkest time in history. It will be the most brutal and dark time uh, in history, the stage of history. Now, we've seen a lot of gnarly stuff in history. Humans have perfected the way to kill each other. They have got really good at torturing and killing people. And that includes the peaceful, serene Native Americans. Those people ate each other, tortured each other, uh, did all kinds of weird sexual stuff. So all this thing, oh, well, they were just peaceful people, just peace-loving. No, no, they weren't at all. That's just baloney. So what we're talking about here is, is everything that you want to do, you have to ask somebody about it. I've told people long ago when I was a young guy running a, a nonprofit called Morningstar Ministries, 
And I, I learned very quickly that every time you ask government about something, they will say, oh, yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have to come down and get a permit. Oh, yeah, you have to come down and uh, fill out some forms. Oh, yeah, we'll have to talk about that. So I quit asking government for permission and I just do do I, I'm free. I'm going to do my life. I'm free. I'm not going to get permits. I'm just going to go do my thing. So she says, if a businessman makes a mistake, he suffers a consequence. If a bureaucrat like Dr. Lou makes a mistake and shuts you down, if, if a supervisor like Matt Conant in Sutter County Supervisors makes a really stupid choice like shutting down all the businesses that he considered non-essential, his business didn't shut down, he got double pay. He got double pay off his ranches. And then he got paid about $70,000 a year to decide to shut your business down and shut your kids' schooling down. And so all those businesses that never come came back, do you think he, do you think any of these supervisors had gone out and talked to them and expressed their condolences or said, you know something? I got $70,000 being a supervisor last year. I'm going to give it to you, dude, because we screwed up your business and we shouldn't have. We ruined your business. And so I uh, just today, uh, Monty Hecker, I'll talk about Monty a little bit later, but Monty Hecker texted me, said, hey, Dragon Inn is open. And I said, really, they're wide open? He said, yep, they're open. This is the first day they're wide open for seating inside. Now, the interesting thing is a lot of the businesses have gone ahead and opened up in spite the supervisors. This is incredible. This is like you hire an employee and the employee ends up running you, telling you what to do. The supervisors hire Dr. Lou. Then they, after they decide COVID isn't as bad as they thought, they tell everybody to open up. But at the same time, the doctor they hire, she tells them they can't open up. So some people obey, some people don't. So these Chinese folks around the corner from me that lived under communism and then got out of there and came to America, they're so afraid of government. They they kept calling over, calling over. And while businesses, they could look across and see businesses nearby open, they wouldn't open up their business. And now Monty Hecker tells me, well, we're now at the red tier. Let me tell you what all the colored tiers are. They're bullshit. Do you hear me? You hear what I said to you? They're not science. You know something? If you have somebody in your life that keeps telling you how honest they are, they're cover they're they're dishonest. When people keeps telling you what a hard worker they are, they're not a hard worker. When people keep telling you how honest they are or how, how bright they are or how faithful they are, if your husband tells you how faithful he's all the time, he's got something going on on the side. That's just the way that is. That's human nature. And when the government started saying, "We're just following the science." Oh yes, we're just I knew there was no science. There was no science to this. There was never any science to the tears. There was never any science to the colors. All they did is come up with a scenario, and then they, they sat around a table, and they decided what, what businesses were essential, what were non-essential. They didn't give a crap about you. They didn't care about people shooting themselves in the head. They didn't care about people overdosing on drugs. They just shut down AANA recovery programs. They could you couldn't get a re, you couldn't get a person into rehab. They did not care about you. They don't give a darn about you. They just they're selfish. They're wealthy, selfish, power-hungry nutcases is what they are. And so Dr. Lou and the supervisors screwed this these counties over. Do you think anybody 
is going to accept responsibility for this at that level. Not one. You watch. Not one. In fact, people probably can't even sort this out to even accuse them of anything. So Ann Rand goes on. Now, listen to this. This is my third and last comment about her. I love this. She says, when you see that trading is done, trading means business. When you see that trading is done, not by consent, but by compulsion. In other words, we, they tell you, oh, you can't, you, you can only have a person work eight hours. Then you have to pay them time and a half. Then after so many hours, two time, double time. You can only stay open this late. You have to shut your business down after 10 o'clock at night in this area of the town. You can't do this. You can't open up before here. You can't, you can't, you can't have this kind of sign. We'll, we'll file an injunction. When you see that trading is done, not by consent, but by compulsion. When you see that in order to produce, you need to obtain permission from men who produce nothing, nothing. The supervisors of these counties produce nothing. They don't, if, if you all were starving tomorrow, they would not have one piece of bread because they don't know how to bake bread. They don't produce anything. They are paper pushers. They're bureaucrats. Bureaucrats do not produce goods and services that you can actually benefit from. When you need to obtain permission from men who produce nothing, when you see that money is flowing to those who deal not in goods but in favors, we're taking our second break. I'm gonna I'm gonna cover the rest of this. This is really good stuff, people. You should look this up and you should make a copy of this and stick it on the dashboard of your car. I'll be right back. Let me ask one final topic in closing, just to make this concrete, Ms. Schreier. Do you know who holds the women's world record in the 100-meter and the 200-meter dashes? Um, I, I believe it's Allison Felix. It's the late, great Lawrence Griffith oh. Joyner. Hello, Joe, to millions of her fans. One of the most exciting, dynamic, amazing athletes I've seen in my lifetime. I can remember watching her set those records now 33 years ago. The fastest woman to ever run in recorded history. No woman has ever run faster than Flojo. You know who has run faster than Flojo? 76 high school boys in America in 2019 alone. High school boys, not grown men and just in America, not all around the world. Ms. Schreier, is it really fair to allow biological men to compete against women in sports if 76 high school boys can run faster than the fastest woman in the history of the world? No, it is not. It would end women's sports. Thank you. Now back to this story. His life mattered too. His life mattered too. Yeah, it did. It did. Where is the outrage from the mainstream media? Hmm? He's a man of color. Why does his story not matter? Oh, you know why? Because it don't fit the narrative. Two black teenage thugs decided to steal this man's car 
while he was delivering food, working for Uber Eats. So since they wanted to steal something that was not theirs, this man ended up dying. This man was in his, this man was 66 years old. And these thugs took his life. This man didn't do nothing to nobody. Nothing to nobody. And you know what's crazy? Is that the mainstream media is so quiet. Don Lemon is so quiet. Anderson Cooper is so quiet. But if this man was murdered by white people, his story would be the number one story in this country. If two black people, if two white people murdered a black man and stole his car, it'll be all over the news. You would not hear the end of it. But since it don't fit the narrative, they are so quiet and they don't give a damn. And Black Lives Matter, shame on them. Shame on them. They want these thuggish teenagers to be set free. They want these thuggish teenagers to be set free. Are you freaking kidding me? This man could have been your brother, your father, your uncle, your grandfather. And y'all want these thugs to get away with this? They don't want them charged as adults. Why not? If you're old enough to be a killer, you're old enough to go to prison. And that's straight up. Hi, I'm Don. And I'm Ron, and we are members of Antifa. But what you don't know is that we're also the founders of Not, not Antifa, Antifa Window, window Repair. repair. Uh, if you ever need window repair, I got a bit of a suspicion you will, so. We realized that by living this double life, we were able to create the demand for our own services. We organize and cause riots, which then cause damage that creates customers. Then we take our costumes off Clark Kent style and show up first on the scene to get the business. The bad people out there, yes, so. Yeah. Stuff happens, stuff's going to happen. Capitalism by day, communism by night. Ooh, that's a nice. You know, we saw the media and corporations all benefiting from the protests and we thought, you know, why not us? Break us off some of those protest dollars. Put a rock through this window, put a rock on my wife's hand. Put my kids through college. Now, some say Antifa's just an idea, but to me, it's a billion dollar idea. I think that guy's gonna break that? Nah, probably just a window shopper. Do you wanna put this on the Tuesday protest or the yeah, Thursday? Yeah, Tuesday protest. Single pane too. See, they cheaped out. Yeah, the window repair game's a little like the tow truck game. You know, you want to be first on the scene. Yeah, and it helps to know where that scene's gonna be if you catch my drift. We usually come a couple hours before the unrest and take these bad boys down. Yeah, we weren't born yesterday, Target. People are cooped up with no stimulus. It's easy to get them riled up. But also, because they're cooped up, they more than ever need windows. windows. Corporate money right there. Big time. Kind of like how the government shut down businesses, forcing you to rely on them. We break windows, forcing you to rely on us. Tensions have died down without the bad man in power, so we've had to work a little harder on the activism side. Sometimes when we really want to up the ante, we'll utilize multiple movements. Uh, Ma'am, we're stopping global warming by breaking the windows on 2nd Street tonight. Breaking the system starts with the windows. Racial tension's really good for business. You think you can smash us with a standard hammer, or you think you need a diamond tip? Oh, yeah, we're just going to meet at 2nd Street, march up to 3rd, and just hit everything on that whole block. Now, we're actually thinking about moving to Portland. There's a lot of money to be made window repair. Yeah, I read a statistic. 44% of all windows in Portland are currently broken. What are you thinking? Think we can get a rock all the way up there? Pull the right crew together. I don't want to hear no more fussing and fighting. Baby, hold me tight. Let's let bygones be bygones. Let's think about tomorrow, girl. Our future's bright. 
All right, back to this Ann Rand quote says, when you see that trading is done, not by consent, in other words, because you want to do it, but by compulsion, when you see that in order to produce, you need to obtain permission from men who produce nothing. When you see that money is flowing to those who deal, not in goods and services, but in favors, you got to pay them off, right? I'm going to talk about Gavin Newsom paying off people that, that donated to his, to his campaign and he gave them no, uh, no bid, no bid contracts up to a billion dollars during COVID. He gave them billion dollar contracts, $500 million contracts, no bidding because he owed him a favor. He says to obtain permission from men who produce nothing. When you see that money is flowing to those who deal not in goods and services, but in favors, When you see that men get richer by graft, that's dishonesty, and by pull, then by work, and your laws don't protect you against them, but but protect them against you. How many have you seen at the federal level that have broken the law? They've lied repeatedly. They changed documents. They lied to judges. They did. They lied against the president of the United States. They were corrupt. No one has done any time. No one has done anything. No one has served anything. You see what I'm saying? She had it figured out many, many moons ago. She says, but protect them. The laws protect these bureaucrats against you. When you see corruption being rewarded, Corruption in this country is being rewarded. The entire election was stolen from a a guy that won it fair and square. And the judges all the way to the Supreme Court, corrupt, absolutely dirty. It's shameful. I don't even like to to look at the Supreme Court pictures of them on television, right? To hear these people talk. It's just so disgusting. Being rewarded and and honesty becomes a self Becoming a self-sacrifice, you may know that your society is doomed. Ayn Rand called this society that we're living in doomed. She says, your laws don't protect you against them, but protect them against you. We go down to the Capitol with flags and sing Star Spangled Banner and singing patriotic song and hundreds of CHP officers, for God's sake, arresting people and tying them up. The laws are protecting the government against us. What were we doing? We were saying, we don't agree. You can't just shut all the businesses down, right? You can, we, go, we want to go to the doctor, right? We, we want to go buy stuff. We want to travel, right? You're shutting everything down. You can, we can't go to school, right? And the laws protected us. My friend uh, Ben Garcia went over to a city council meeting, taking his teenage son to Yuba City City Council meeting here months ago. He didn't even realize that you couldn't go to a city council meeting. They ended up arresting him. Not because he was cussing at them or fighting or resisting or causing a stir. He just sat there and they said, you can't be here. The codes of the, of the government say we can, those meetings are to be open. Just because there's an emergency, you don't change all the rules or the laws. You don't change the Constitution. It doesn't change because there's an emergency of any kind. She says, when you see corruption being rewarded and honesty becoming a self-sacrifice, you may know that your society is doomed. That's exactly what's going on. And if you don't think it's time to stand up, you are screwed up. 
You were totally screwed up. And and I, I don't have any any sympathy for you. You need if you don't get this, you better run to your neighbor and say, help me. I, I need help. My brain doesn't work right. I have a picture here of Joe Biden in aviator sunglasses. A person sent me. And it says, congratulations, Mexican drug cartel employee of the month. You ever been in a business where they have employee of the month or salesman of the month or sales lady of the month or something, 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 something? Isn't it something with the president of the United States is so stupid and arrogant and corrupt? It's all of those. That we are warehousing, stacking up after they blame Trump for creating those things on the border, those housing situations that he had nothing to do. He inherited them from Obama. He tried to clean them up and get rid of them. Stop that people rushing the border. And the Democrats have done just the opposite. And we have people stacked up, wrapped up in those weird, shiny blanket things. And the Mexican cartel are making ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a person on every one of those people. Joe Biden employee of the month so pitiful so pitiful now my what my computer gonna lock up on me here hold on here all right uh okay i want to read you something you know it's interesting man if you if when people know history when you can when you've lived through history and you can account it or recount it for people it's worth a lot this guy says uh this is another thing sent to me In 1975, President Ford was left to manage the difficult ending of the Vietnam War. President Ford went to Congress for a relief package to allow American personnel and our allies to evacuate. Our allies in Vietnam were Vietnamese from the south part of the country that were, they wanted democracy. They were anti-communists. And they were also Hmong people and other minority people in Laos and Vietnam. So President Ford went to Congress for a relief package to allow American personnel and our allies to evacuate. However, there was one U.S. senator who opposed such support. The result was the embarrassing and hurried evacuation from the roof of the American embassy in Saigon. Now, I've been there. I've been there many times. And that building is still there. And you can drive right by it down the street. And um, you can go on YouTube. And you can actually see that evacuation happening where helicopters were landing on the roof of the embassy, which was the last uh, safe space to get people out of the country and onto a ship. They were airlifting them out to sea because Saigon is right on the ocean and uh, dropping them on a ship. So this goes on to say this senator reveled in the embarrassment and did everything he could to leverage it politically against President Ford. Despite the efforts of the U.S. Senator, President Ford managed to rescue 1,500 South Vietnamese allies prior to the country's fall. Had President Ford not acted quickly, these people would have been targeted and slaughtered for their support for America. Those that didn't survive, many of them were slaughtered. Some of my friends that I have now, their parents were put in what they call re-education camps for years till they felt they were safe enough to go back to the streets and they wouldn't try to overthrow the government. Also, there were <clears throat> many orphans 
that were flowing out and flowing to the United States as well. There was a big, big uh, airplane full of children that were flowing out. Um, so it says um, when they arrived in America, when these refugees arrived in America, President Ford asked Congress for a package to assist these refugees to integrate into American society. That same troublesome senator torpedoed any support for these shell-shocked, anti-communist, new Americans and our helpers, the refugees. Instead, President Ford had to recruit Christian uh, organizations to offer assistance on a voluntary basis, in other words, nonprofits. As he did so, the senator belittled those efforts. What kind of person would oppose President Ford's tireless work to do the right and humanitarian uh, thing? Who would want to play politics with the well-being of innocent people who stood by America in the tragic Vietnam War? That person was Joe Biden, the president of the United States today. So when he says how much he cares about people, you can see how much he cared about people. Now, the other interesting um, thing about this is that thousands, the CIA recruited the Hmong people, H-M-O-N-G. Mainly they were living in Laos, but some of them lived in North North Vietnam and in Cambodia. And the CIA, a guy named Jerry Daniels, who's who's dead now, was uh, sent in there to meet with the tribal leaders of the Hmong people. Uh, and they have tribal elders. That's how they make decisions. And they said to them, uh, they were anti-communists, the Hmong. They wanted to be left alone. They were mountain people. And they didn't like communists. Um, and so, and they were jungle fighters. And they said, the government of the United States said, if you will support our fight here, and we will help you against the communists, we will provide you money, food, and ammunition, and weapons. They did that for a number of years, and then, and then the uh, politics in the United States got nasty, on, and people didn't want to be in the war anymore on this side of the ocean. And so they broke the CIA, the U.S. government, the senators, the congressmen, broke their word to the Hmong people. And when they evacuated, they evacuated some of the top leaders of the Hmong tribes out of Vietnam. The rest of them were forced to flee from Laos and Vietnam into Thailand to refugee camps. The Hmong will tell you, the Hmong that survived, will say that hundreds of thousands of their people were butchered. Uh, Women had their bellies slit open that were pregnant and left to die. Uh, It was, they they were strung out and women were tied down with sticks, stakes on the ground and raped. Uh, spread out and raped. It it is. Uh, in fact, you can see on Hmong they they have stitched the story into blankets because many of them did not know that they didn't really have a known written language until the 1950s, where Catholic missionaries began to translate their talk into words. We lost over 50, I think 54,000 or so <clears throat> in Vietnam military people and civilian personnel, male and female. And the Hmong lost hundreds of thousands because we backstabbed them. And people like a corrupt uh, criminal senator like Joe Biden uh, was in on it there. Now, the interesting thing is when 
the eva- when the airlifts and the evacuation were happening and bringing the Hmong into the United States, uh, Jerry Brown was governor at that time, his first time. And Jerry Brown, I've written articles about this, vehemently resisted resettlement of Hmong people into our uh, into our uh, communities in California. Jerry Brown is a racist. He's always been a racist. He didn't care for it. He just used uh, his view on, he just used race as politics, ethnicity as politics, prejudice as politics. He, people that are refugees from war, traumatized people from war, many in fact, many of my friends here, when I talked to the Hmong people, and they fled to Thailand, many of that age group right now, they're in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Many of them, uh, many of their siblings died on the way to flee the country. It's just flat gnarly. And the United States recruited them to fight with them in, in Laos and Vietnam and then left them stranded. And people like Jerry Brown, which we had, now they want to just let the open borders, all these Mexicans come in. It has nothing to do with caring for Mexicans. It has nothing to do with them. They don't care whether they're butchers, they're pedophiles, they're rapists, they're uh, uh, they're uh, robbers, carjackers, MS-13. They don't care. They just want, they want to throw this country into an uproar. And, and take total control, totalitarian control of this country. That's what the Democrat Party wants to do. If you've missed that, you know, some people say on these radio shows, I'm sorry. I'm not going to say I'm sorry. I'm not sorry at all. I'm just telling you what's happening and really don't care whether you believe it or not. It's just you're too dull. I, if you're too dull, I, I don't know what else to do for you. Uh, but I'm just going to keep putting it out there until they shut shut the power down. So that was Jerry Brown. He he was he you can look it up you can do the research i did it he was outspoken and quoted in newspapers all over the country about his antipathy to the idea of taking in Hmong people and um so all right um all right i wanted to tell you this i i love these sayings i love these memes on on so the social platforms because they are brighter people than i who come up with these things so it's amazing to me that people are going out and getting this vaccine that absolutely does nothing but risk <laughs> liable to take your life. And uh, people I know are telling me so-and-so died. Somebody last night I was on the phone with said a couple of people died in their community. Boom. They took the vaccine within days. They were dead. So it says a mandating mandating means they're pushing you to take it right. If mandating vaccines was actually about health, then why not m- mandate healthy eating? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever had the government saying you can't eat candy bars anymore, right? Quit eating that. You can only have a certain allotment of salt or sugar that causes cancer. No more sugar for you. How about having sugar Nazis? Why not mandate healthy eating? If they're really concerned, they're going to save your life. Listen, COVID is not going to take your life. If anything's going to take your life, it's going to be the impact of that vaccine on your on your uh, immune system, on your DNA. You don't have to believe me. Take the damn vaccine. I, I'm not going to live in your body. 
If mandating vaccines was actually about health, then why not mandate healthy eating? Why not mandate exercise? Why don't you get off your fat butt and go out there and walk a few miles a day, right? My doctor friends tell me that their biggest problem is people come to them, pay them. They tell them what to do to get healthy. Then they just ignore them. They don't even take the prescriptions they give them. Why not mandate exercise? Why don't they do healthy eating? Don't eat sugar. No cigarettes for you. Quit drinking alcohol. Because, the guy says, it's not about health. It's about money. It's about power. It's about control by way of forced medical intervention with an extremely harmful product. Extremely harmful. Germany just stopped the, uh, the distribution of the vaccine made in Britain. I can't, uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's not the Pfizer. It's not the Johnson & Johnson. It's not the Moderna. But they just stopped because too many people are dropping dead. Unbelievable. And I, I have friends, honestly, that have taken this vaccine. I'm not going to shit on people. I'm going to tell you what the facts are, but they have taken the they've taken that vaccine. And then Fauci fraud, the fraud Fauci or lockdown Fauci turns around and says that even though you take the vaccine, you still can give covid to somebody else. You can still get covid. You still have to wear a mask. Maybe you should wear two. It absolutely changed nothing except they just got everybody to to take the vaccine to do this or to do that. When the government tells you to do this or to do that, you have to do this. You've lost your freedom, people. A lot of you simply don't even know what freedom means, what liberty means. And you and a lot of people think, oh, I, I, I kind of like the mask. <laughs> like as if it's about the mask. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um Okay, let me see something I can get to and, and do quick here because we only have a minute or two left uh, to get to the halfway part of the show. Oh, how about this? This is what this is cool. I ran into this. Eat whatever you like. How do you like the sound of that? Eat whatever you like. Doctors right now, if I have a doctor listening, he's probably thinking I've lost my mind. Here's why. The inventor of the treadmill died at the age of 54. The inventor of gymnastics died at 57. The world bodybuilding champion died at 41. The best footballer in the world, or soccer player, Maradona, or Dona, died at 60. And then, think about this. Colonel Sanders, the KFC inventor, I used to love their chicken. They're right behind, they used to be right behind me. I love their chicken, that greasy chicken. He made it to 94. The inventor of Nutella, the nut, the butter, the butter and peanut butter, deal died at 88 the cigarette maker winston there was a mr winston right he died at 102 102 the inventor of opium died at 116 in an earthquake the inventor of hennessy the hard liquor died at 98 how did doctors come to the conclusion that exercise prolongs life the rabbit is always jumping but it lives for around two years and the turtle doesn't do exercise at all and it lives, some of them live for over 200 years. So rest, chill, eat, drink, and enjoy life. I saw some Asian dude, some Asian doctor or, or wellness guy was saying 
don't do anything. Just take a nap. Just take it. Take it easy. Your steps are all ordered by the Lord. So once you use up those steps, the party's over. <laughs> I'll be right back. We got one, one half of this to go yet. Hang in there. We're going to make it. I got some good clips. Pay attention. Organization has recently confirmed that the COVID-19 PCR test is a flawed procedure. And this means all the estimates of positive cases, which you have been hearing about incessantly for more than a year, now are, at best, inconsequential, and at worst, totally meaningless. Now, you have probably been very suspect of the motives of Fauci, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and the mainstream managed media with their overbearing and desperate censorship of anyone or anything that challenged or even criticized their narrative. But now it's publicly admitted by its WHO perpetrators. But as we have said here before, constitutionally, lawfully, all this does not and never did matter. The supreme law of every state is the state constitution, and every elected official, every law enforcement officer, every judge, every civil servant, every citizen, everyone is subject to its terms. No one is exempt. No circumstance, no emergency, no pandemic provides justification for any public officer to set aside or suspend its application. But there are some in our country, like Harvard County Sheriff Jeff Gaylor and Assistant State's Attorney Logan Hayes, who think that the law applies to the rest of us, but it does not apply to them. I say this because when a law-abiding citizen named Dan Swain peaceably walked into his polling place last election day to cast his vote without wearing a mask, he was arrested by his sheriff's deputies, subsequently charged by the state's attorney, and was put on trial for disobeying a law that did not exist. In fact, during the course of the trial, the state's attorney put forth no evidence for failure to wear a face mask. This, of course, is not surprising because there exists no face mask law. Now, the Constitution of the state of Maryland clearly sets forth and describes a process for enactment of legislation. You can find that in Article 3. And to date, there has not been an enactment by the Maryland General Assembly requiring anyone, anywhere, at any time to wear a face mask of any kind. But that didn't seem to matter to the Harford County prosecutor, Ms. Logan Hayes, who has reportedly said that she wants to make an example of Mr. Swain. Why? Well, my speculation is that she doesn't want Mr. Swain, or me or you, to challenge the lawless tyranny of a governor who pretends, by use of an executive order, to exercise authority he doesn't have. Since only legislature can make law, any governor's face mask order is an obvious breach of his or her constitutional authority. It is not law. So Dan Swain stood trial for a crime that does not exist. What does exist, what is taking place before our eyes, is a crime against the Constitution by a lawless governor and his junior commissars in Harford County. Now, in conclusion, even if the whole pandemic was not erroneously handled and purported, the Constitution, the rule of law, is not affected by pandemics or any other emergency or circumstances. 
that people like Dan Swain, whose rights have been criminally violated by governors, police, health department officials, and others, have a right and a duty to seek justice. Now, as this false narrative is unraveling, this very well may start occurring all over the country. This is Jake McCauley with the Institute on the Constitution, bringing you the American View. You know, defending the truth is a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. You know, people think they can just walk around and have unsupervised conversations and access any information. It's craziness, I tell you. But we're here with the Thought Crimes Unit to put a stop to all that. So I've been in the Thought Crimes Unit for a couple years now, and I've seen some pretty crazy stuff. Just the other day, I was busting this guy who had a Washington Redskins jersey, and he had a post that was marked as false information on Facebook. Then, I walk in there, and his son's doing all these finger guns, and we had to tackle the kid. Crazy times we live in. Some people think that they should just get off scot-free or be able to have their own ideas. Not me. People like that deserve to be in jail. Unit 230, we've got a code 1984, white male who has yet to announce his privilege on social media. Copy that, we're on our way. You know, these things happen from time to time, but this guy in particular, I don't trust him. So, we're just gonna go check it out, make sure everything's on the up and up. We're just going to check it out, real quick. Doc Crimes Unit, 2.30, open up. I know you're in there. I know you're in there. It's Detective Witt with the Doc Crimes Unit. May I come in? Thank you. Yes, what's going on? I could ask the same question to you, Sawyer. What are you doing in here? Is there anything I should be aware of in this apartment? I don't know. No, of course not. No, just minding my own business. Yeah. Well, we'll see about that. Nothing to be worried about, huh? Then what's this? I can explain that. Hey! You get back here. You little... Hey. We found out where he is. We're getting him. After apprehending this scumbag, we went through his apartment and started searching. And let's just say it's not looking good for this guy. We found a lot of illicit material, stuff that our computers didn't even pick up, things that our fact checkers don't approve of. This man's in a world of hoit. He's going away for a while to a re-education camp. Man, I love this job. Cops is filmed on location with the men, women, and non-binary persons of law enforcement. All suspects are guilty as charged in the court of public opinion. Look when I'm sad She comes to me With a thousand smiles She gets to me It's alright, it's alright Alright, second half of the show it's all right. And thank you for hanging with us Um Oh, I didn't. I didn't mention this. Uh, let's see. Where are we? I'm trying to think. I don't think I included the commercial for choices. Let me mention this again. Um, this April, 
the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd are the Choices Dinner Theater uh, events out at Church of Glad Tidings. And uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday nights. Wednesday and Thursday's the cheaper nights. So it's a full course dessert, auction, fun uh, meal. I can't quote you what they're serving, but they usually serve some cool meat like tri-tip or pulled pork or something. Really good. And it's good food, a lot of fun. Anyway, um, so if you're interested, you can buy, buy individual tickets or you can get a whole table. So I usually get a whole table, table of 10. So for the Wednesday night and Thursday night, it's uh, $200 a table for 10 seats. So that's the show, the dinner, the whole thing. And so Tuesday and Wednesday, or excuse me, Wednesday and Thursday, same, 200 per table of 10. Or if you want to just get a friend or go alone, $22. <clears throat> and you can go on the, uh, and then Friday, Friday night, the last night, uh, it's $300 a table or $30, $33 a ticket. So take your pleasure. And my understanding is, although I haven't tried it myself, is that you can order the tickets, buy the tickets online at churchofgladtidings.com. So, it, you know, we've talked a lot about this, them and I, because I was concerned about people being able to easily buy the tickets online. So they're doing their best to make it smooth. <clears throat> so just go to Church of Glad Tidings, Tidings has one D.com, and then just probably hit on events, or if it, it may say Choices Dinner Theater, and just follow the directions. If you get totally discombobulated, frustrated, I hate computers, you're not a, or you have a problem with your computer, you have a problem with that, or you don't have the facilities at home, or you're up in the boondocks, just call 530-671-3160, Church of Glad Tidings, 530-671-3160. And uh, call Tuesday through Friday, 8 to 4, and you should get a live person. Or if you get a, if they're in a meeting or something, a temporary staff meeting, you get a auto attendant. Just say, hey, I can't, I can't order tickets online. I need some help. And uh, leave your number, and they'll, they'll hook you up. It'll be a lot of fun. I've seen this before. They've upgraded it. Um, it they wrote it many years ago. I loved it. Wondered why they didn't do it again. Now they're doing it again. Made my day. So check it out. Also wanted to mention, um, let's see, wanted to tell you uh, uh, some people that support uh, this show. And uh, I mentioned his name earlier, Monty Hecker, who's been fighting against, uh, fighting for the recall of Governor Newsom. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. <clears throat> and uh, he's really been the key figure up here in the, in the north, these two, two or three counties up here in getting thousands of signatures and coordinating people, getting petitions signed, et cetera, et cetera. And um, so um, I want to thank him for supporting this show and making it possible to be on the air, if you want to call it being on the air. And uh, But he runs Elite Universal Secure Security at 5548 Feather River Boulevard, 5548 Feather River Boulevard. You might want to go there. I'm going to give you some reasons uh in a minute uh his phone number is 530-749-0280 and you might think well i don't really what do i need here lou you might need a job you can call him and he they're working all throughout the north state not just in uber sutter counties also 
You might need some security. You might need some security help at your home. If you have vandalism, or I just heard where somebody got broken into in my neighborhood, just totally stripped the whole place out. And a neighbor came over and told me. And uh, businesses around our area are having a lot of problem with vagrants and stuff, damaging things, trashing things. So uh, you might need some help. Elite Universal Security can do that. And uh, so also, if you have a CCW, the concealed weapon permit, or you have to get it renewed, or you want to get it to begin with, uh, they do the, um, the classes at Monty's Place, and they also have a range where you can qualify. So part of the part of the class is in in indoors and part outdoors. They do the whole thing. So five five four eight Feather Boulevard is where they are. But you could dial them up, and if you wanted to find out when the next course is or refresher, you want to check into being a guard, work for them, or maybe you want to work. Maybe they have jobs at dispatchers or in the office or whatever. They're seven days a week, twenty four hours a day. So check them out five three zero seven four nine zero two eight zero. And my other friend. Uh, Dave Greenitz, who now we just laugh because they're so busy that Dave, uh, he's putting people off to even entertain their project or look at the project for seven or eight weeks. Now, to me, seven or eight weeks goes by, if you're planning on living seven to eight weeks, it goes by pretty fast. And uh, so if I was going to, to me, when I look at these kitchens, and baths that are being done looks like people are putting thousands of dollars it's not like eight hundred dollars we're just not painting it or something or patching it and painting it we're we're like redoing the cabinets we're redoing the floors knocking out a wall adding something right enlarging the the shower tiling the shower uh it, it looks amazing so you can go on his his uh media sites his website green it's green with etz on the end construction.com check it out you can look at before and after on a lot of their work it's incredible or you could go on their facebook site at dave green it's construction and you can check it out there right and i, I noticed that you can actually access the company <clears throat> by sending them a note right off the uh right off these media sites or you could you want to go old school you can dial him up at 530-682-9602 and or you can text him and uh, you you can uh you can get in line you say you know you heard about it on the loose show and no hostages and you're willing to wait you want to want the best and you want to wait and so you could just get signed up and you never know you may be faster than he says uh, you could also text him at 682-9602 as well. Uh, but check it out. And uh, if you want the best, if you want to end up, you're going to spend a lot of money. I don't know whether you're going to borrow money or you got some stash that you're going to finally spend it. Spend it well. And at the end, think, oh, wow, I wish we wouldn't have done that. Or I wish that window would have been a little bigger. Or I wish we would have had that door fixed that way. You know, you need When you have really top people working on your projects they just think think smarter than the average person you know did you notice that it's important to have really bright people in your life <laughs> man when i've had surgeries and i've had really sharp doctors i think dude it's like better than from the factory so uh the other people uh, is the plumbing doctor ted holmes been a friend of mine for years as, as well as dave and and monty uh plumbing doctor is operating around the Yuba Sutter County, same as Dave Green, it's Yuba Sutter County's primarily. And if you have a plumbing problem, that's just pretty cut and dry. You just need to get it done, get it done. 
and uh, whether it's a water line coming in or water going not going out, sewage line breaks in your lines in your house, something something's going on, some hot water heater's gone. Uh, call them up at five three zero six seven one nine one one one. Five three zero six seven one nine one one one. Actually, if you're a plumber, they're also looking for workers, and uh, Monty's looking for workers at at Elite Universal Security, and and uh, Ted's looking for pl- plumbers. Ted's looking for uh, guys that work in his uh, floor removal business, and uh, so you could call up over there and say, "Hey, I'm not looking for a plumber, but I am one. Can I have an interview?" <laughs> or maybe you just moved into the area, or if you want to work uh, at the at the uh, the lift off floor removal, you could call over there to the the, the uh, plumbing doctor and just say, "Hey, I'm calling to see if I could apply for a job at lift off and go get yourself a job, make some money, and be independent, get out from under the government." Okay, uh, all right. I am going to spend i wrote this article and i put it on my facebook page and it's going to be actually on the website uh as well no hostages radio and it'll be on my facebook page it's on there now they just posted it uh today which is the first uh this you'll be listening to this on the third but i wrote it's called recall newsom update so i wonder if you're californian this is what's happening this is how it works in california and um so uh you have to get a certain amount of signatures to begin to recall the governor. And so that started on June 10th of 2000 um, and um, 21, 2020, sorry, 2020, June. And um, so they needed about just under 1.5 million registered voters good signatures in other words the signature was proper the address was still the same they didn't you know and they were really a registered voter they needed they needed so they turned in about 2.1 like 2,165,000 signatures and uh, so they think they got enough verifiable good signatures to uh, go through the the process to get a recall election going. So if you never had this happen before, in 2003, we recalled a governor by the name of Gray Davis. I wasn't as familiar or astute or paying attention back then as I am now, but I did vote to uh, recall the governor. Uh, I, I don't want to take time to go back in and get all the bells and whistles on why that happened, but I want to cover what's going on now so you there's i've heard there's some misinformation and so i've heard there's campaigns right now to get people that signed the recall to unsign to take their name off of and i want to tell you how it all works so back in uh uh in 2003 there was the the vote when when we vote to recall the question is do you or do you not want to recall this guy right and so that's one question. And if that question gets 50% of the vote plus one or more, and they want to recall him, then it's over. That dude's out. Gavin Newsom's out, just like Gray Davis was. But on the same ballot, in case he does get recalled, some people think, oh, he's not going to get recalled because even though they got it on the ballot, there's not enough people that really want him to leave. A lot of Democrats, they want him hell or high water. 
Uh, they like him being corrupt, etc. So, uh, so, but whether or not, we don't know whether he's going to be recalled in the election, the special election. But in case he does get recalled, all the people that would like to take his place put their names on the ballot. They pay a fee, they go through all this stuff, and they put their names on the ballot. So when the last time we did this, there was Arnold Schwarzenegger ran. Like, like he's not running against Gavin. He isn't running against somebody else. He's running against all the new people. So once Gavin Newsom is eliminated or once Gray Davis was eliminated, then it's all the rest of them. It's everybody's fighting for the most votes. So there were Arnold Schwarzenegger. And a guy named Cruz Bustamante, he was a Democrat lieutenant governor serving under Gray Davis. He ran for governor. Schwarzenegger, the actor, ran for governor, claimed he was a Republican. He wasn't. And there was a guy in the assembly by the name of Tom McClintock that served kind of around the Sacramento area and up into the foothills. And uh, he was uh, he also was was running for governor and he was the best candidate that would have really helped the state. But the the message from the media was, and from a lot of Republicans was, oh, yeah, we like McClintock, but he can't win. In other words, he's just not going to have the backing, the power, the charisma to get the votes. So my argument back then was nobody is going to get elected at anything unless people vote for him and take a risk on him. And McClintock was a solid figure. People chose Schwarzenegger instead. And so it was a disaster for the state and the the California has never recovered in terms of, of conservatism. But between the Schwarzenegger and uh, McClintock, they got six over 62 percent of the vote. Do you know, you want to know how many candidates other than Schwarzenegger, McClintock and Bustamante, those three? Uh, in addition to those, the three front runners, there were 132 people on that ballot. Can you imagine looking at going into the election ballot and page after page after page after page after page after page after page of candidates? Like, can you imagine a lot of people that that came out of the hills? Nobody even knew them. They just put their name in there so they could tell their their grandkids. Well, Susie ran. Did you remember old grand grand grandma Susie? She ran for governor once. She did? Yeah, she got three votes. <laughs> the dog voted for. So that's how this works. So, uh, but prior to getting to the election, here's the process. So the votes have been turned in, right? Two, 2.1, almost 2.2 million. Each of the 58 county clerks has to look through them and match them up and make sure they're legit. And then they turn them in to the, um, the secretary of state and then they they start to look them over uh to certify that the, the signatures are legit the people are actually registered etc then the election authorities have an have until april 29th that's just around the corner right 28 more days they have election authorities at the state level have and and the county level have until the 29th to sort out all the signatures if the recall is confirmed, if they have enough signatures, then the signers, all the people that signed that petition, they have 30 days to decide, I made a mistake. They have 30 days to fill out a form and say, I made a mistake. I want my name off that thing. I, I, don't, want, I don't want to recall Gray Dave or uh, Gavin Newsom. So once that 30 days 
passes, then the Secretary of State then has 10 days after that 30 days passes to determine how many people filed those forms to say, I want my name off that petition to see whether that that's going to make any difference. Once that's settled and they're still going to go forward, then the budget committee at the state level, they evaluate how much it's going to cost to do this. They have 30 days to count the costs and provide an estimate for the recall to the state of California. Then the secretary of state again certifies the petitions and the lieutenant governor then schedules a special recall election within 60 to 80 days after that point. Now, some people think that that's going to bring us if, if we clear and they, we have enough good signatures, which I think if we don't have them, there's going to be a, a big fight because they're going to feel like there's been cheating just like within the Trump, with the Trump election. So then a uh, Newsom, uh, then then the uh, the election probably will be in the fall of 2021. Just a few months, we're not too far away. Right at the end of the summer, we should be able to pull this off, and then there'll be the election, and there'll be a campaign. And of course, the campaign for Newsom starts now, right? They've already uh, the Democrats gave him two hundred fifty thousand dollars. My guess, it's now you may have a, a better guess. My guess is that the Newsom campaign will spend $20 for every $1 that anybody else spends to recall him, right? There'll be some people that'll just be into recalling the governor. That's going to be the message. There'll be ads on TV. There'll be billboards. There'll be flyers. Recall the governor because, because, because. Then there's going to be, I don't know whether we're going to have 132 other candidates are 150 or 200 or 300. It, there's no limit. Then those people have to raise their own money and, and run their own campaigns. Now, you don't need to have a particular number of votes to win. All you have to do is the most votes. So a person may only, uh, if there's 132 people, a person may only get 39% of the total vote and win, 25%. Right. It could be split up that bad. So uh, now the Newsom campaign or the the recall campaign against Newsom claims they're not going to endorse anybody. So they're just going to get the recall happening and hopefully that will be successful. And then the rest of the folks that want to run for filling that position, that's up to them to raise their money and run a good campaign to catch capture the imagination of the people. Um, so Gavin Newsom is already trying to say that these are all right wing, uh, militia people, uh, gnarly people that are hate people, right? Alt right uh, militia people. And, uh, the fact is that, uh, Randy, a uh, guy named Randy economy, he's a senior advisor for the recall Gavin 2020. He said there's 38% of the people we've, in other words, they look at who signed the petition, right? Who are they Democrat or the Republican? Are they declined to state or the libertarian green party? He said 38% that we've signed that signed our petition are uh, Democrats declined to state third party, green members, libertarians, reform party. Doesn't even mention Republicans. So in other words, they're getting a lot of uh, support from these other groups that, are unhappy with Newsom as well as conservative voters. We're at the end of our fourth uh, uh, segment, so we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. 
we go again. People are not going to want to hear this, but it has to be told. The truth has to be told. I have experienced more prejudice from black Americans than I have racism from Caucasians. In my seven years of living in the States, I have had terrible experiences with black Americans showing prejudice. Even my own son being shown prejudice at the park when he tried to play with some kid he saw. The mother literally yelled at my son and he was only about three. I was standing right next to him but she yelled at him. How's the creamy? So yes, you know what? I'm well within my rights to feel the way I feel. There you go. Like I said, I've experienced more prejudice from African Americans than I have racism from white Americans. Boom, I said it. You could point to as proof that the human being is not smart. The helmet is my personal favorite. The fact that we had to invent the helmet. Now, why did we invent the helmet? Well, because we were participating in many activities that were cracking our heads. We looked at the situation. We chose not to avoid these activities, but to just make little plastic hats so that we can continue our head-cracking lifestyles. The only thing dumber than the helmet is the helmet law, the point of which is to protect a brain that is functioning so poorly, it's not even trying to stop the cracking of the head that it's in. Yo, man. Yo, open up, man. Yo, what you want, man? My constituents just caught me. You let them catch you? I don't know how I let this happen. Wait, where? The place next door, you know? Wait, I thought you ordered all the restaurants to close, man. I don't know what to do. Just say it wasn't you. All right. Voter came in and they called me red-handed, eating at the place next door. Were there a lot of people there? Picture this, it was not that vacant, like a hundred peeps or more. How could I? other creatures. Rules do not apply to us. We are the leaders. Voters can't be trusted to be indoor eaters. They are more contagious after all their mouth breathers. Just tell them it's important to follow all the law. How any violation might kill a grandma. Why you do what you want, even pardon in laws. Mr. Mayor, how would you prefer your foie gras? Donated. Sir, we saw you at a party. It wasn't me. Eating at the French Laundry. It wasn't me. You even had the clam chowder. It wasn't me. Sir, we got you on camera. It wasn't me. You said we can't be super spreading. It wasn't me. So I missed my brother's wedding. It wasn't me. You jailed a barber for hairdressing. I have a wedding. This is getting upsetting. Photo came in and they call me red-handed. Eating at the place next door. So we're in a fifth segment here. We're talking about the Newsom recall. So there's probably going to be an opportunity to be involved in the campaign. A lot of you uh, that I know that probably some of you listen to this uh, podcast have been really involved and done the heavy lifting. Uh, people like up here called Cindy Huff and Donna Wahlberg and and uh, just a number of just people that just dogged this and just worked their rears off and just 
stressed out. And, and uh, so uh, Imani Hecker is another one. So they've done a great job. Now there's going to be a campaign to a recall campaign, right? And we're going to have to work on that. The other thing that's going on that I want to tell you about is there's a campaign right now to not recall because she's not an elected official, but to fire Dr. Fong Lu. So we've decided, a number of people up here in this Yuba Sutter counties, and you may decide in your area, that it's not just enough for the elected leaders and government bureaucrats to say, oh, uh, well, uh, okay, let's just get back to normal. Everything, we good? Thumbs up, high five, fist bump, elbow bump, heel bump. I'm not willing to go there. I'm pissed. I'm not willing to like be all forgiving. Forgiving, yeah, we can forgive, but people are held accountable. Just like I'm, I'm like I a guy broke in here and broke into my garage, broke into my car. He was a drug addict. I've talked about him before. I I, I don't have a problem forgiving him, but I want him to get help. Right. So I had some input on that. My point is that when people screw people over and cause people to die and cause people to lose their businesses and cause people to go bankrupt and cause kids to become depressed and hang themselves and shoot themselves, children, and want to quit school, et cetera, et cetera, that's not okay. That is not okay. And that's what Ann Rand was saying, that bureaucrats who do that think they're immune, immune. And I don't think they're always immune, and supervisors aren't all, always immune. When people color outside the lines, they go outside their area of expertise and make decisions that destroy people's lives. They need to be held accountable. Now, uh, so anyway, there's, there's uh, an effort right now to sign a petition, and just because we get thousands of signatures or hundreds of signatures on a petition doesn't mean— that she's automatically going to be fired. The supervisors hired her and they can fire her. What we're saying as a community, and you don't have to be a registered voter and you don't have to be 18. Listen, we have 10,000 kids in our area, more than 10,000 that got screwed out of a year of their life, their social life with their friends, their sports life, their art life, their music life their education life, just because of the teacher's union is so screwed up. And Dr. Lou kept them, supported their work of just distance learning. Just hold that thought distant, really distant. Nobody benefited by it except the teachers. So we have petitions that you can sign. Now, we're still just getting them out. So you can, like at Uppercuts in Marysville and Uppercuts in Wheatland, in Uppercuts in Yuba City, the barbershop at the mall, you can go in there and sign. You can At Church of Glad Tidings in Yuba City, you can sign throughout the week. If you call there and ask for, um, if you call there at 671-3160, you could call there tonight, and you'll get an auto attendant. Just hit 202, that's Courtney's extension, 202, and say, hey, can you email me a petition? And she can email you the petition. The petition isn't just a list of lines uh, with name and address. All we're asking for is a name and address so the supervisor could see you live in their county. So if, you, if you're if you Yuba County, we want you to sign up on a Yuba County list. If you're Sutter County, we want you to sign up on a Sutter County list. She serves both counties. 
She makes almost $300,000 a year and ate well, slept well, and did well while you got screwed out of your life. So we're wanting to bring signatures on June 6th, I think is Tuesday, June 6th. We want to go to both meetings of the supervisors and present signatures of people saying, I'd like you to get rid of this person. She did not reduce harm in Sutter County she or Yuba County. She actually increased harm to our community. So um, so you can get a, a, a copy of the petition. You can also text me at 530-713-1838. If you're in this area, Yuba Sutter County, you can stop by my house. I will tell you where to come and when to come, and I will have a petition laying out in an envelope for you. All you have to do is get as many signatures as you can and turn those petitions in. Uh, like, for instance, at Church of Glad Tidings, or you could contact me if I'm giving it to you before before June 6, because we want to submit those to the boards of supervisors. And that just saves you going over there and talking to them. It's just your name on it gives it clout uh, that we're serious about this. So if you're an elected official, I've been an elected official before. Uh, I didn't want to be, but I kind of ended up on a school board through the back door. And uh, it has an influence. When people come to the board meetings, when people sign things and sign their names, and you get lists of people saying, I really have a strong feeling about this. Please do this. You're our representative. Uh, It's important to, um, it it has an influence on board members. Is there any guarantee what they're going to do? There's no guarantee We're simply exercising our constitutional right to address our grievances to our local elected officials. That's what we're supposed to be doing according to the Constitution, according to our founding fathers, and we haven't been doing it. We've just been letting them do whatever they want. So um, so if you can connect, you connect again that the glad tidings number they're there tomorrow. They'll probably only be there tomorrow because it's Good Friday. They're giving them a half day off. But if you just send, like you could call tonight and she could get you a petition tomorrow, 671-3160, extension 202. Now, I just heard a football game that people were going to the football game for Yuba City High the other night and they last Friday night a week ago and they went there and they were only letting two family members per person or two people per football player into the entire massive stadium, right? Totally ludicrous. That's all Dr. Lou's doing. If I was, if I, I mean, every parent in that school district should sign a petition to fire Dr. Lou, every person in every school district, for God's sake, I high school kids should sign the petition. I feel so bad. I played sports for four years in high school, organized sports. I loved every minute of it. I was a gym rat for four years. I can't imagine missing that for one year and sitting around the house. I just can't. I can't even get there in in my head. It's just unbelievable. So, uh, so Dr. Lou, we're trying to get the get as many signatures as we can. So, if you have a place of business that will uh, encourage people to, to sign up. Uh, let us know, and we'll bring petitions by. Again, you can text me at 530-713-1838, or you call me, or you can email me. Say, hey, dude, here's my email. Email me the, the electronic version, and I'll print it out. Now, the 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 uh, I wrote two and a half pages of reasons that she needs to be fired. So you might think, well, I don't really know. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really know what's going on. I, I'm going to explain what's going on. So if you read it, you don't like it, 
and you think I'll lose out to lunch, throw it in the garbage. Make your own decision. But I did write out a, uh, an argument why she needs to be let go. And then there's signatures there. There's tons of signatures. You can get you can get 40, 50 signatures on these petitions. So, okay, you can do that. The other thing that happened last Sunday, uh, a week ago Sunday afternoon, is the state militia people uh, came down, some of the leaders from up in the north, north state, farther up, like some people came out of Sierra County, Shasta County, all those counties up there, really beautiful, beautiful mountainous counties. And they came down to make a presentation, about half a dozen people, to how to set up a local militia. And and they were shocked. And they weren't shocked because no one showed up. They were shocked because of the size of the crowd that showed up. And the Glad Tidings offered their building for it. Glad Tidings is not the militia, but they, they've offered the, the building to host that uh, the organizational meeting. So a guy that uh, is a former Marine or a Marine that's a veteran, he's a barber up there in, I think, Shasta County, and he was harassed just like Randy uh, <clears throat> Mitchell down here in Yuba-Sutter County was harassed and shut down. Tried, they tried to shut his barbershop down. They tried to shut this guy up there. He called the militia, and 100 guys showed up armed and withstood the state of California to try to go in and rough this guy up. And uh, they told him to leave and not come back, and they haven't. So they've actually done some incredible things, and they're making a movie called The Red, White, and Blueprint. If you can look it up on YouTube, I think it's probably on YouTube, Red, White, and Blueprint. They've made a documentary of their their realization that they needed to stand up and take freedom by the horns, right? And own it and own their county and take charge of their county instead of leaving it up to five guys that could be nitwits. So um, anyway, if you're interested in the militia and you didn't hear about that meeting or you didn't uh, get to go to it, didn't, couldn't go to it or whatever, uh, there, it's organizing. And people are taking jobs in the militia, men and women. So if you're a woman, you're, you're equal footing here. Militia doesn't mean men. It's just people. So we're organizing a state militia in the Yuba-Sutter County's area, and it's in its formation stage now. And you can call the same lady I just mentioned to you earlier, Courtney, about the Dr. Lou petition. Courtney is not running it, but she's a facilitator. There's already some key people that are military people. We're not just throwing together some wide-eyed meth addict, a tweaker, that's going to do this. These are people that are highly trained. They used to train people in the military. And they're very organized, and they not only just get organized to resist the government, but they also do community service. And uh, uh, I can't—I don't have time to go into all the details. But if you want more details and you want to be involved, there's all kinds of people. In other words, at that meeting, there were probably 200 people there, uh, and uh, it went very well. And so uh, I'm going to give you the number again for Courtney. And you can call her in the middle of the night, just leave a message on her voicemail, and she will uh, she will follow up. She's a good girl, good lady. Uh, she's a favorite friend of mine already. She's a hard worker and really is a change maker in our community. So 
530-671-3160. If you get auto attendant, you don't have to hear the spiel. Just ignore what they're saying and just hit 202. That'll put you back to Courtney's voicemail. Then leave her a message and tell her what you need. Or you could contact me as well. I don't have the next meeting for the militia. I had to leave that meeting uh, early to go to Nevada County to speak. So uh, I don't know whether where the next meeting is, uh, what time or where, but I'm sure it's in the works. Okay. So, okay. Let's see. Where are we? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Just seeing how, how we're doing here on uh, time and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So I did the Gavin Newsom thing. You got that. Um, and you will probably be putting the word out when the campaign starts. There's no reason to start campaigning until we get the okay that we have enough uh, signatures, right? We have enough. It's just whether they're going to cheat us. Now, I wrote in my article that there's a lot of opposition. We're just not fighting against Gavin Newsom. We're fighting against the Dominion. Remember the term, the Dominion Voter Systems out of Canada? Dominion Voter Systems are the ones that were used to overthrow the president Trump's victory. And, um, that same voter system is, is the one that counted the votes in, in our counties here. So we're going to be fighting, uh, dishonesty in the elections as well. And, uh, so we're going to be dealing with that, uh, pretty soon. I, the reason I'm kind of staggering around here for a second is I'm trying to, find something that i wanted to fill in here uh okay i found it so uh to tie a couple things together here so i i I ran into this i thought it was cute farmer drove to a neighbor's farmhouse and knocked at the door a boy about nine opened the door the farmer said is your dad or mom home no, the boy said, they went to town. How about your brother Howard? Is he here? No, he went with mom and dad to town. Farmer stood there for a few minutes, shifting from one foot to another, mumbling to himself. When the young boy says, I know where all the tools are. If you want to borrow a tool, I can give dad a message for you. If you need to borrow something, no problem. Well, said the farmer uncomfortably. He says, no, I really wanted to talk to your dad about your brother Howard getting my daughter Susie pregnant. So the little nine-year-old says, he's thinking for a moment. Then he says, well, you'll have to talk to my dad about that. I know he charges $500 for the bulls and $150 for the pigs, but I have no idea how much he charges for Howard. So I just thought some of you might want to think about that for a minute, and then you might have a laugh out of it, but I thought it was cute. So I I normally don't read the Sacramento Bee because it's liberal, uh, but I stumbled across an article about Gavin Newsom's hypocrisy and his criminal behavior. I call it criminal behavior. They don't. Uh, and then I ran a few. I, I looked at their one article, and like a lot of online newspapers, they you got to jump through a lot of hoops to read articles now. They want you to pay a dollar or two, et cetera, which I, I'm not complaining about. I'm just telling you how I was get got to these articles. So one at, then I realized that the B has really been writing a lot of articles about 
the the uh, corruption of the Democrats in Sacramento. And I thought, oh, I wonder what's going on with the B because they, I don't know whether somebody bought them. They've always been kind of complicit in the corruption in Sacramento. So uh, what's happening is still from the time COVID took over or started, Gavin Newsom then said, I really don't have, because under emergency orders, I don't have to consult with anybody to run this state. In other words, it's now become a dictatorship and a tyranny. And I can change all the laws. I don't have to follow the Constitution. And basically, when I, you know, because normally the governor can't spend money, he can request it of the legislature and they vote on releases of money and purchases. They do all that. But he just started doing all this. And so um, so he started giving out these no-bid contracts. Now, it's one thing to, for the governor to say, I'm going to negotiate all these contracts, and I'm gonna, I want two bidders or I want three bidders, right? And I've been in the construction business. I worked for a paint contractor for years, and a lot of my friends are in the construction business. And they've actually said to me, Lou, we bid on that project, but they shopped our bid. In other words, they never were going to take our bid, even if we were lowest. They just took our bid to talk to their favorite guy. And then they told him our bid, which is unethical. And they, my friends are Christian, a lot of Christian type uh, builders. And they've even said that other Christian general contractors in our community that are highly regarded, they said that they're dishonest because they shopped the bid. In other words, they they pretended like it was competitive bidding, but what they did is what Gavin did, no bid contracts. All they're doing is keeping their favorite guy honest, right? So anyway, uh, it's interesting. I don't know whether you remember. Do you remember Solyndra when, when Obama was uh, the president and they were giving all this money out for, for green energy people? And uh, so Solyndra was a uh, solar panel uh, company that donated a lot to Obama during his presidency. So he turned around and the Department of Energy, which it's it's a, that's an oxymoron. The Department of Energy in the in the United States government does not produce any energy; they just suck energy. So the Department of Energy guaranteed a half a billion dollars, a half a billion with a B, dollars in loan guarantees for Solyndra to expand their business. As soon as they gave the loan guarantees and they went and borrowed the money because the federal government's going to stand behind it, they filed fired they spent the money and fired chapter 11 filed chapter 11 bankruptcy. And uh they burned the government, which means they burned you and me for not just a million dollars, for 500 million dollars, over 500 million dollars. And no one went to jail for this. No one. It was all just a big boo-boo. No one was held accountable. The entire company, which was based out of Fremont, California, but it was all over the place, uh, and it was a sol solar panel maker, uh, they just all walked away. They just they all, all walked away. Now, this was a deal that Obama did to pay off his donors. Now, this is a very common thing to do, on, I believe, on both sides of the aisle. I'm not po poking at Democrats. But this no-bid contracts 
and I'm going to talk about them when we come back. We're at a break here. These no-bid contracts aren't going to just anybody. They're going to Gavin Newsom's donors. We'll be right, right back. Checking in with the latest edition of You Couldn't Bloody Make It Up If You Tried. <laughs> Let's try a few of the latest things coming at you today. Uh, Boris has said that the reason the vaccine programme was so great was because of greed and capitalism. Oh, there was us thinking it was about following the science and about COVID. No, no, no. It was just about trousering a whole load of cash. And he said it straight out to his Tory chums as they sat there chomping on cheese and pickles. That's good to know, isn't it? Angela Merkel over in Germany said that we were locked down all of Germany for Easter because why have a Christian festival when most of your towns and cities are made up of Muslims? Now she's gone back on that and said, no, 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 I didn't mean it. We aren't going to lock down for Easter at all. That was my mistake. <laughs> are you kidding me? One day it's locked down, the next day it's not. And she made a mistake. Oh shit me, I just locked down a whole country and I didn't mean to do that. It's not like forgetting your bloody handbag, is it Angela Merkel? And finally, one of my favorite stories is the Evergreen, the sodding great big oil tanker that got stuck in the middle of the Suez Canal. I thank the guy uh, piloting, navigating that thing. I thank the captain of that vessel because if there's one thing it gave everybody was something else to talk about that wasn't bloody COVID or the number of deaths in the last 28 days for someone that once sniffed somebody that might have had something called seasonal flu. And we could all talk about the fact that we may have cocked up in our lives, me more than most, but one thing I've never done is blocked one of the busiest shipping lanes on the planet. So thank you to that good man for giving us something else to talk about. More from me uh, tomorrow, no doubt. Do keep up with each other in the comments here. Remember, you are not on your own. We are many and we are going to take back our freedom. Teachers, thanks for coming in. Restrictions are being lifted. The school board wants to make a deal to get you guys back in the classroom. We are so excited to get back to school. But, right. but first, we, we have a few uh, simple demands. All the teachers need to be vaccinated. It's for their safety. Let me see what I can do. Well, guys, I have great news. They've agreed to your conditions. Oh. Let's get you back to work. Well, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> Here's the thing. Plexiglass shields. <laughs> Gotta have them between right. every seat. So lightweight, but bulletproof. Massage chairs. Oh, massage chairs. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you like, Oh, it's for the kids. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're not coming back. Mm, ever. All right, guys, uh, tough negotiations, but they're shipping us massage chairs. If we're talking about the safety of the kids here, I don't think we can go back until the teacher's lounge has Monkey servants. Monkey servants. Exactly. Making the coffee, tying my shoes. Right, but these monkeys do not need to be living in like good living conditions. They, they need to be roughing it. I can't believe I'm even saying this, but they're sending you monkey servants. Taxes. IRS pays the teachers taxes. And spy gear. We want oh, spy yeah. gear. Playground's too hot. Put out the sun. Right. With a hose, I don't care. Just put it out. You tell them that. 
It's all yours. Invisible pencils. Diamond chalkboards. And the school's like a transformer. Like a transformer like Optimus Prime. Water fountains full of booze. Erase geography. It's gone. Swear words. I'm talking the worst ones. Fair game. A Lamborghini in every home. Cucumber bread. Swords. Reparations. And booze. I get to waterboard the monkeys. Monkey jail. Monkey death row. It's a miracle. You got it. Oh, wait, there's more. There's more. All the students have been pulled out of your schools and put in private schools or homeschools. So you guys are all fired. Does this mean we don't have to teach anymore? That's correct. Yes! I hate kids. If you've ever cut your grass and found a car, you might be a redneck. If your dad walks you to school because you're in the same grade, you might be a redneck. If you've ever been too drunk to fish, you might be a redneck. If every day somebody comes to your door mistakenly thinking you're having a yard sale, you might be a redneck. If you've ever financed a tattoo, three more payments and this long gun is mine, you might be a redneck. If you've ever made change in the offering plate, Guilty. You got him. If you go to the family reunion to meet women, you might be a redneck. I think we offended somebody out here. That ain't funny, is it, sis? And last but not least, if you see a sign that says, say no to crack, and it reminds you to pull your jeans up. <laughs> you might just be a redneck. Six, uh, six sec segment, our last segment, and so I'm talking about these no bid contracts, and I'm this is I'm just giving you there's just there's probably a hundred reasons to recall this guy. He's really a, a criminal type. I mean, I was talking to somebody at lunch the, uh, the other day, uh, yesterday in fact, and I was telling him there's rumors that Gavin Newsom is having yet another affair with another senior staff member, and he says. He's an older guy like me. He just said, Lou, it's not going to make any difference to anybody. Nobody really cares about that stuff anymore. You can screw everybody, screw a horse, screw a sheep, screw a dog. Nobody really cares. It's so corrupt. Uh, and I think probably right. I wasn't going to make a big deal about it. I just thought, gee, the guy's got four kids. I mean, he's got a pretty wife. It's like you got to, like, screw your staffer again, another staffer. It's like – and people just stick with people like this. D does anybody have – 
you ever get sick of this stuff and just say, you know, dude, I don't want to work here anymore. I'll just go get a job somewhere else. So, uh, so he, Gavin Newsom used the COVID-19 emergency powers. And these contracts are not for like a hundred thousand. The state awarded uh, to United Health over $221 million in no-bid contracts. That means they just gave the figure what it's going to cost, and the state says, gotcha. United Health is a subsidiary of OptumServe to help with vaccine delivery. So, in other words, the state of California is funding the distribution of these vaccines. Then there's a testing contract of another $61 million, same group. Uh, so how did Newsom get connected to United Health? So he just look it up. Did he Google them? Like who knows who? The company United Health that just got a quarter of a billion dollars, right? Two hundred twenty some plus sixty some. The company has contributed hundreds of thousands of dollars to Newsom's reelection campaign and ballot measure committee since 2018. That includes. 131000 in December 2020, sandwiched between the state awarding various no-bid deals worth hundreds of millions of dollars. In other words, while they were negotiating, they kicked in 131000 to Newsom's pot, right? Same way Solyndra did to Obama and then burned the taxpayer for almost $600 million. Neither United Health nor the Newsom administration responded to requests for comment. United Health is just one of several Newsom donors to reap big contracts during the coronavirus pandemic. Others include Blue Shield of California, Bloom Energy, and BYD. Now, BYD, and I can't remember that what it stands for, but it doesn't stand for anything that he used them for. BYD is a Chinese, communist Chinese corporation that he bought $1 billion in masks from them. Now, the masks were not unique, except they were flawed. They were not better than 3M masks or any of the mask makers in the United States. They were not cheaper than the mask in the United States. In fact, OSHA, who has to clear the mask quality, rejected the first masks that were shipped here. This is a billion-dollar contract right in the middle of President Trump saying that China has was cheating, ripping off. They were doing cyber uh, invasions of our computers. They were invading our labs. They were the, We were arresting them. They were stealing science from us. And Gavin Newsom gave them a billion dollars of our taxpayer money in California to buy uh, a jillion masks, I guess. Cap Radio and a Cap Radio, Cap Radio's Capital Public Radio. They did an investigation and he found an overlap. In other words, a quid pro quo. In other words, you do something to me, I'll do something for you. An overlap of at least a half dozen companies that made substantial contributions to Newsom and received no bid contracts from the state. They received influential appointments at state committees and other opportunities related to the state's pandemic response. The contributions 
they made to Gavin Newsom ranged from tens of thousands of dollars to hundreds of thousands of dollars. The contracts that they got in return ranged from $2 million to over $1 billion, including the one contract of Blue Shield for vaccine distribution worth $15 million. But I mentioned the contract of BYD. BYD, I, I can't remember. I'm sorry, I can't remember what it stands for. And, and we're about, I won't have another break now. But BYD was involved in all kinds of making like cars and stuff. Really crummy cars. In other words, it's not a great company for China. But they had connections to Gavin Newsom through an office in the United States. So it says, in a political system based on legalized bribery, which is what this article says it was, legalized bribery, in the form of campaign contribution, it's not surprising to see large companies cutting campaign checks to the sitting California governor. Unlike Newsom, however, most California governors didn't have blanket authority to return the favor with gargantuan no-bid contracts. In other words... Say say somebody gives Gavin Newsom a lot of money and it's not COVID time. It's not like take over the government time. And you and so then all the arrangements for that contract has to go through the assembly, which is where the budgets and the money those that's the money side of the house. So then you have to go and convince the key people in the money side of the house, the governor does, to do the governor's bidding to like right now, the Democrats control, they have a supermajority in both houses. So really, Gavin Newsom, but he still would have to be beholding to these key people in these these positions. So uh, so he said, they say here, most most California governors in the past didn't have a blanket authority to return the favor with gargantuan no-bid contracts. But in this case, Newsom just makes the connections and dishes out the money. Newsom, who paid a heavy political price for his check shocking decision to attend a lobbyist pandemic birthday party at the French Laundry. Remember the French Laundry? Here's what a lot of people, a lot of people just focused on. They were sitting close together. They weren't wearing masks. They weren't, they weren't doing social distancing. They weren't self-isolating right after a week when he wanted to shut everything down. So they focused on that. Here's what is even more critical. The people that were in that room that night were major medical lobbyists that are getting the money that we're just talking about right now. In other words, they kicked in hundreds of thousands of dollars to his campaign and his his ballot initiatives. And then they turned around and gave them hundreds of millions of dollars of contracts. And they were sitting all around that table. People miss that. So um, so let me talk about another article about the, another B article. It's a very good article by the editorial board at the Sacramento Bee. And the title is Something's Rotten in the State of California. Is it Democratic Political Corruption? It talks about a couple here, this married couple. I assume they're married, but they just go by um, their own names. It's a guy named Anthony Rendon, R-E-N, Rendon. R-E-N-D-O-N. He's a Democrat um, from the uh, Lakewood area of California, Southern California. And um, he became Speaker of the Assembly. And uh, 
So an investigation by the Sacramento Bee and the Center for Investigative Reporting revealed that politically connected corporate donors have pumped over a half million dollars into nonprofits associated with Rendon's wife. Her name is Annie Lam, L-A-M. I think she's uh, Vietnamese. And uh, Annie Lam runs a number of political nonprofits. So instead of giving the money for favors to Anthony Rendon directly, he gives it, he has them take care of his wife's operation, uh, these political nonprofits, and Annie Lambs, and I'm going to tell you what they are here in a minute. But the nonprofits are not required to publicly disclose their donors. But since 2016, when Rendon ascended to the speakership, five nonprofits that, that have been created by Lamb, where she works, have received donations or sponsorships from more than 50 entities, according to public records, promotional flyers, and interviews. So I want you to think about this. With our PG&E rates are 80% higher in California than they are than rates of comparable organ, uh, companies in other states. We're 80% above the national average. PG&E donated uh, to the nonprofits. They gave $360,000 to three of Lamb's nonprofits from 2017 to 2019. Other big corporate donors include AT&T, Comcast, Coca-Cola, and Pepsi-Cola. More than half the sponsors and donors are corporations that regularly lobby and legislate, lobby the legislature on bills that have potential to affect the bottom lines in their businesses. In 2018, uh, Sacramento Journal report, Business Journal report, Lamb said she was she was saying um, how wonderful of a job she'd done, and she was being interviewed, and she said she had bumped the fundraising in those nonprofits by 768 uh, percent. The one that she was referring to, 768 percent, was API Caucus. And she boosted the women's caucus budget by 530%. Rendon vehemently denies any connection between his position as speaker and the surge in contributions to his wife's employers. Now, does anybody believe this? Rendon denies that there's any connection between giving favors to Rendon and or to his wife, Amy Lamb, to benefit their relationship with Rendon. That was interesting when, just on a local level, and it's just peanuts compared to what this. So anyway, let me figure this up, and I'm going to give you a local example of things that get dicey around here. said so 21 of the companies that have supported Lamb's nonprofits have also made a total of more than $350,000 in campaign donations to Rendon since he first ran for assembly in 2012. So in other words, they're given to both, right? They're take care of both, and he's take care of care of them as well. So let me talk about another guy. Uh, oh, let's see. Alex Padilla. Well, Alex Padilla was a secretary of state, and when Kamala Harris became the the new vice president of the United States, Alex Padilla was appointed to take over her Senate job. None of these things happen because people are wonderful, nice, Christian, honest, 
people of integrity, people that are hardworking, etc. They're all paid off jobs. Says so. That this article says it's doubtful any legislature, any legislator will for, rush forward to author a, a bill for integrity. It's a bill about integrity. But the legislature is making an legislature is making extremely extreme effort to pass legislation to funnel millions of dollars in taxpayer money to pay for an illegal no bid government contract that former Secretary of State Alex Padilla awarded to a politically connected firm. Now Alex is gone, right? But anyway. Check this out. This is unbelievable. Padilla's office, when he was Secretary of State, handed SKD Knickerbocker, a Democrat public relations firm that billed itself as a part of Team Biden when the election was going on, and he gave him a $35 million no-bid contract to conduct voter outreach last year. I remember hearing about this, and I thought, well, what's that going to mean? Why would they have a Democrat come to do voter outreach and pay them out of our taxpayer money? It's one thing if you want to say help everybody of all persuasions vote, but this is a Team Biden group that they took government, our taxpayer money, and paid them, or they're going to pay them. The problem was, Padilla wasn't legally authorized to pay this money out under state law. In other words, the secretary of state's in charge of elections, but he turned around and gave 30. He promised to give 35 million to this team Biden group, the Knickerbocker SKD Knickerbocker Padilla wasn't legally authorized to do it under state law. The money was supposed to go to voter outreach efforts in California counties. In other words, general, Hey, vote, come and vote. It wasn't supposed to be a Democrat operative. As a result, thank God for controller Betty Yee. She refused to authorize the transfer of funds. In other words, she wouldn't pay them. They did the work. It was it was wasn't legit work, but it was it was just a Democrat payoff. So she left SKDK, which is the name of their group, unpaid for the thirty five. She stiffed them. Betty Yee, the controller, stiffed SKDK. $34 million in work they claim to have done now. So now Padilla's gone, right? So when Governor Gavin Newsom appointed Padilla to the U.S. Senate in January, the Sacramento Bee asked how they were going to plan to clean up Padilla's mess because he's a criminal, and they appointed him to, to the Senate. The answer is, they answered, the, Gavin Newsom's people said, well, we have Assembly Bill 85. What's Assembly Bill 85 do? The bill includes a provision that will retroactively change the law in order to pay SKDK, or what they call SKD Knickerbocker, the millions of dollars Padilla promised. You see what I'm saying? Taxpayers should not have to pay for the shady deal that was executed by the previous Secretary of State, said Pat Bates, who represents Laguna Niguel, or Jim Nielsen, who actually represents our area. The Republicans are right, says the B. It's, it's, it's just, honestly, man, it's just, it's unbelievable. Uh, my thing jumped up here. No, I lost my spot. The Republicans are right, says the B. No one will listen in a state where Democrats have supermajorities in a legislature and hold every state office with enough votes and the stroke of Newsom's pen. Democrats are going to pay off 
Padilla's shameful $35 million contract that was just a public relations contract to fund the Biden effort. All paid out of the state coffers. It had nothing to do with you giving a contribution to Joe Biden or to Donald Trump. They took this right out of the state funds, our tax dollars, and gave it to the Biden people. And they just, now they just, they went right around Betty Yee, who said that's an illegal payment, and we're just going to, we're going to pay it anyway. Unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. So then it goes on here in this second article and refers to what I already talked to you about of these other pay-to-play relationships that are going on uh, where they're just, they're just, they just ignore the, the, the reason that we have these, these balance of power with the assembly and the Senate and you have the state auditor like Betty Yee and you have these different uh, the you have the legislative analysts and you have these auditors and you have all these people is to make sure people don't cheat, but they're cheating right in front of each other. And I think the reason they do that is people won't do anything because they they have something on them. You know, if if everybody's got their hand in the till, who's going to stand up and say, hey, 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 you got your hand in the till. They'll say, oh, well, don't you? Didn't you have sex with that young girl over there? Didn't you do this? Didn't you do that? Didn't we cut you a deal and do something else that we didn't run through the books, right? All the all that other stuff. All right. So, um, so some things to do if you want to make a difference. There's lots of things to do. Well, when we get down here at the end of April, the campaign against Newsom is going to start. You can right now, before June 6th, you can get your name and you can take a petition and get a 10, 20, 30, 45 signatures, whatever you get to get rid of Dr. Lou. We, we are now, you can go to any of the boards of supervisors meetings. You can go in with and go physically in. If you want to Zoom, you can Zoom. But if you want to go to a physical meeting, if you want to go to the city council meeting, you can go now. Go and stand up for your rights. Don't take it for granted anymore. We work to get them open. The supervisors respond in Yuba and Sutter counties. The, the city council people responded in Yuba City and Marysville. Take advantage and go stand up for your rights. I don't know what you guys are going to do with your school system. It's a total mess. I'm not going to tell you what you should do. What Lou would do, he would never, I wouldn't give it a second of thought. I would educate my own children and I would move on. Your kids will thank you, will thank you, will thank you. All right, we're done for this week, and we'll catch you next week, God willing. See you later. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them. Sugar to kiss. Sugar to kiss.